if you ever thought you knew what was going on with her, and God forbid you tried to confront that. But when her life was unpolluted, she could be the sweetest, warmest, most loving person in the world. She was also incredibly stubborn, which maybe explains me. Ari Aster has been one of the most interesting recent directors who have started working in the horror genre. He began his work as a film student at the American Film Institute. While he was there, he wrote and directed two incredibly controversial short films. The first one, The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, is a deeply disturbing piece about a son who molests his father. Aster made it with Brandon Greenhouse, who plays his son Isaiah, and it came from a discussion about subjects that were too taboo to even be shown on film. Greenhouse and Astor came up with the idea before they even got to AFI, and Astor used it as his thesis. The second one, Munchausen, was a totally silent horror film and was about a boy who is trying to leave for college as his overprotective mother tries to force him to stay. It was inspired by Pixar, especially the opening sequence from Up. With those two films made, Astor graduated from the AFI's directorial program and then conservatory graduate program with an MFA in directing. By 2017, A24 was set to produce Astor's first feature-length film, and filming began in Utah. Tonight we're going to talk about Ari Aster's feature-length debut, Hereditary. We have discussed Midsommar and Bo is Afraid on this podcast before, as their second and third films. Our Midsommar episode definitely needs a part two, as we really didn't cover enough of it. Hereditary, genuinely one of the scariest horror movies of the 2010s, was an impressive and highly disturbing debut from a director who, as a student, continually showed a knack for pushing boundaries and causing controversy through art. Astor was inspired not just by horror, but by domestic dramas. Domestic dramas are theater which focus on the characters' intimate lives as events unfold around them. They generally focus on the domestic sphere, the home life, and the family unit, with family dynamics and conflict taking center stage. And the first half of Hereditary, in Ari Astor's estimation, is all about the domestic drama and tragedy. Astor considers the film to be two interrelated half-stories. The second half, with the family tragedy set in place, is a full-born nightmare. The film stars Tony Collette, who is both the family center as the miniature artist Annie Graham, but also the film center, her mother Ellen, with whom she had a fraught and difficult relationship, and who was both emotionally unavailable and secretive, has died, leaving Annie and her husband Steve, played by Gabriel Byrne, to take care of the burial and funeral. Annie and Steve have two children, 
Peter, played by Alex Wolf, and Charlie, played by Millie Shapiro, an actress with cladiocranial dystosis. In the film's first half, Annie deals with the grief and trauma of mourning a mother she never really knew. As the film ramps up, things become stranger and more disturbing. Charlie is killed in a freak accident. Ellen's grave is repeatedly desecrated. Annie attends a bereavement group and is convinced to perform a seance. The mystery of Ellen's life gets deeper as the film careens towards a nightmare. Ellen's secretiveness begins to make sense as the truth, Annie's ancestral heritage, her mother's involvement in an ancient demon-worshipping cult, which holds King Payman, a demon spirit who must inhabit a male host, as the object of their worship who they hope to summon. Payman has a long history in both Christianity, where he's one of Lucifer's 72 acolytes, and in the occult, where Aleister Crowley writes of him in the Goatia, the lesser key of Solomon. He could teach us all arts and sciences and other secret things. He could discover unto thee what the earth is, and what holdeth up in the waters, and what mind is, and where it is, or any other thing thou mayest desire to know. Ari Aster conjures up all of this in a legitimately disturbing and terrifying film, which manages to explore loss, grief, family love, and asks the question, what if these family secrets are better left in the ground? You're all right now. You are Paimon, one of the eight kings of hell. We have looked to the Northwest and called you in. We've corrected your first female body and give you now this healthy male host. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Bretonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends is a new split <laughs> LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp, and it's Bandcamp Friday. Pause the stream and get Adult Prom now. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives of an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Renee Rune is the host of the Night Shift Podcast with Bonnie Burton and Jenna Hayes, hosts Rune Radio, and is a blogger, writer, poet, and the head of Rune Agency. I am your host, Forrest Miller, who has been fully inhabited by King Payment. Let's do this seance, baby. That's right. <laughs> He is mad sexist too. I uh, already got good comments going. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Isn't any, I gotta say though, isn't anything pretty much related to Lucifer or, you know, most of it is inherently sexist. So talk about a patriarchy. No surprise. Yeah. <laughs> no well, surprises. He, I mean, he was, he was the one that uh, gave them the apple. You know what I mean? And that's like the original yeah. sin. He caused so, like all cults, you know, all cults and like people that are really into it, like, 
they always, you know. Wait, so I have, a, I, have a, I have a question to start this off. Did you guys? By watch, the way, Eight Kings uh, of Hell. That sounds like a nightmare. It sounds like being at like a DSA meeting or something. Yeah, it sounds horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. We're passing around the uh, the Satan, like the Satan talking stick. Anyone who has I it. Know. Oh, um, no, but I have you. a question for all you guys. To start this off. <laughs> so did you guys? Did you guys watch Ari Aster's films in order? Like, did you guys start off? Uh, I did. Was there one that? Yeah, and did you see it in theaters? I did not see it in theaters personally. I I actually only watched Hereditary uh, like two years ago, I think, and then like I watched Midsummer, uh, Midsummer. Excuse me, we got the Midsummer. Uh, about a, like a three weeks afterwards, and then obviously Bo was afraid when it was in the theaters. Obviously, because we did that. How about you, Ray? Yeah, I did. Um, I watched it. Yeah, I've watched Ari's stuff from start to finish. I haven't seen Bo was afraid yet. I was actually talking about that last night. Um, that's one I have to catch. I love up on. it. I, I mean, it's crazy, but it's it's it's. Yeah, uh, well, I I was awesome. involved in the when we were prom- like my old workplace. We were promoting it when it was in cinemas before it went into cinema and then in cinemas. So I was following it as it was all you know evolving, and I was like, ooh, I was waiting it, for it. It was cool doing that episode because we kind of all had real time reactions to a movie you really need to think about. <laughs> For like yeah. a long time and like it, we're all kind of in a state of shock almost but in a way different way than, we all than this on one different is. days so we all yeah, had different yeah. time periods because you were I, I don't i think you were you were doing i saw it yeah 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 and i think i saw it i think i saw it uh before well i saw it before andy and, and kt for sure i don't yeah, remember yeah but, but i had but a little I, more time i, I saw it. it a week before we did the show i think i saw it like either the wednesday or the thursday before we did the show yeah, and you were doing shows, and I was like, "Oh my god, that movie was crazy!" So then you went to see it, and then I think Andy and K- KT saw it. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw it together. <laughs> yeah, but I think you guys saw it like what, like uh, the day before we did the stream? Like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> even sure. Not like, enough time. Yeah, we we no, were we were we were kind of joking. I think like Conan and I were like, "Are they gonna are they gonna make it? Like, are they gonna?" Because <laughs> it's so long. Yeah. <laughs> like, are they gonna make it time for the show? Yeah. 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 Well, um, the day before, it took us like you know t- uh, two hours after the show started to finish. Because so, I, I saw I saw Midsummer in the theaters in 2019. Oh, word, and then okay. I think a week or I don't know, like a month later, I was like, I should probably watch Hereditary since. That movie was crazy, and I, I don't know why I, I like watched them out of order. But like when Hereditary came out, I just wasn't in a state where I was like, I'm gonna watch a two-hour horror movie because I'm like, yeah. I go back and forth on horror movies. Like it's not my, it's not the genre that I like necessarily choose to watch. That's how it was sold to yeah. me. Is like, well, Conan, I know you're pretty picky about your horror movies, and this is like one of the more interesting horror movies to come out in years. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'll, I'll I'll check it out based on that recommendation alone. I almost think that some ours like. The most normal of the three of them, yeah. <laughs> which is not a normal. Lot of but... Don't connect. Don't connect. Like that. Midsummer is you know, Midsummer and Hereditary are by the same. The same dude, yeah, and they're also different. And, and Bo is afraid is very different as well. Mm. Uh, and then uh, they're all about generational trauma too, which is weird yeah. because like they are all very different. Yes. So I I watched when we watched Bo is Afraid. I went back and I tried to watch it shorts, and I made it. Uh, eight minutes into the strange thing about the Johnsons, yeah, and I was, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not." Do- he started, <laughs> he started sucking off his dad, and I was like, nope. I, "Yeah, I'm not, th- I'm not doing this. Like, this is not." I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you never got to Bo? What do you mean? 
There, there's a there's a short he did called Bo. Oh no no I didn't see that one. Okay, it's fine. Anyway, <laughs> it's wild. This is his first like feature picture. Man, this this is a crazy debut. This is he like, was twenty nine too, which is like I think that's pretty amazing for a director. Yeah, like to it's, produce it's, something this good at that young age. A twenty four just gave him like a bunch of money because of his stuff with AFI. And they like yeah. took a chance on it, which is why it's good to have something like eight, like eighty four. Like yeah. I don't know any any other. Um, mm-hmm. He came to them with a full script, obviously. Like he wasn't like writing yeah. the scripts while trying to pitch it. He had written a script, and he was like, "I want to produce this." But right. they had bought the rights to some of his uh, some of his stuff, I think, at like film festivals. You know, they like they go around and they try to find talent, and because AFI is such a, like a prominent force, um, yeah. whatever people do from like the American Film Institute obviously gets pushed to kind of the top of. You know, all list, film yeah. festivals. So they were like interested in him, and he went around pitching the things and stuff. And H two four because he's coming hey, from that world right? already. Yeah. So it's a natural. You know, the, everyone talks to each other and hangs out and sees each other's stuff. Works on each other's things. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's about the only equivalent to like that, um, that world of like the the new Canadian cinema, like the late nineties, um, that uh, Sarah Polly and um, yeah, and, and all them. Uh, which we've inadvertently covered a bunch of those films, but like not like with any, any planning really. <laughs> you know for sure. Um, but but, but yeah. I think it's wild. Like it's crazy. This is so. First of all, okay. Like uh, let's operate under the assumption that if someone is watching it or listening to this, you've seen the film, right? Yeah, if, you if have if you, to have seen the film. Spoiler alert: is going to be spoilers all the way through this. <laughs> uh, so it has to have one of the most jarring scenes. In modern cinema, right? Which is which is the uh, <laughs> Gareth from USA Nails uh, sent it in emojis, which was just a car girl pole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like when I saw that, I knew it was coming. That part had been quote unquote spoiled for me, and I still mm. was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, see, that part you're still, had you're still not prepared for it. Oh, like you still and. Just the whole scene is just amazing. The actors I, I went, in, I went in, I went in dark, like I went in not knowing anything. That's almost better. But I, I yeah. even somebody I told I me, and I forgot about it. And then I was just like, oh la di da da. And there's like, oh. The only, like, the, only yeah. thing, the only thing I knew about it going in is that it was Ari Aster, obviously, and I had just watched Midsommar, so I was yeah. like, you know, like I kind of had a feel for what his cinema was. And the only other thing I knew about it going into it was that it was really fucking scary. And I was like, but but like, I don't know. I don't get, I get disturbed very easily. Like I get anxious in movies. I don't necessarily yeah. get scared. This is one of the few movies that I legitimately felt like scared, like that legitimately sure. like felt haunting after watching. It is it. a like, freaky movie. Yeah. Like there's such a resting state of dread throughout this entire yeah. film. And, and people have mentioned in the comments, like the ang- anxiety, there's yeah. a constant boiling up of anxiety as you're yes. watching it because everyone in the film is so anxious. <laughs> Yeah, like I've also it, there's so much yeah. unspoken tension and anxiety throughout the entire film. I've also I've managed to prank multiple people by going. Just randomly. <laughs> I can't. It's so freaky. I can't do it. <laughs> I can only eat. Yeah. See that? That's why I asked in the chat. Like, can you guys? Can you guys do it? Because I don't. Not, I thought not you want to do like a promo of all of us doing it or something. Oh, like, what's yeah. he planning? What's he trying to do? Like. <laughs> We're gonna release a new track, Conan. Yeah, I, I've always, I've always done, I've always kind of like, I, the, the same way I guess she does in the movie, like kind of uh, like autistically or whatever the fuck you want to call it, like done that, like kind of just as like a yeah. thing, like as like mm. a, um, it's like a stemming uh, kind of, yeah, thing. yeah. Um, like when I was when I was a kid, because I don't really, I mean, I don't really stem that much anymore, like as an adult, like I mean, I I foot tap and like have ADHD kind of stuff, but like as a kid, I used to always go. 
like and make that sound <laughs> a lot. Funny. So like it's... watching this, I was like, is that am I am I just like a like a fucking boy version of fucking Charlie? Like, <laughs> watch out if so. It's a base. It's a base. Um, <laughs> vocalization when you're trying, it can be like a lot of autistic children have it. It's a base like thing that you use like um to express emotion when you can't. Mm. So you know usually kids that are non-verbal and non-emotive they clicking is the most basic form Mm -hmm. of yeah and i know with this film it was like obviously very intentional but it's sort of don't want to spoil anything too soon but it's sort of it's there as a vehicle to let you know um basically that you know charlie may or may not um be already gone and has been gone the entire film and then, like, maybe there. that's the only way she has to actually communicate. That's, yeah, that's the is, only way left that she has. She's completely trapped. So, and a, so horrifying. Like, oh, my. Geez. Yeah. Well, and, um, <laughs> like, rewatching it this time, especially, like, and going into it, because I, like, take notes for everything and, like, try to, like, I never check the notes back again, which is kind of funny. Like, I'll write, like, multiple <laughs> pages of notes. I have about 20 tabs open on but, my phone. Yeah, he so, just likes taking notes, people. He just enjoys. No, I just I write them down. <laughs> well, no, like, sometimes, I'm like, sometimes you remember it better that way. I, yeah, I, I, I'm well, doing a bit, dude. Yeah, come on, but but it's also it's also just like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely gonna check the notes this time, and then I just don't like. I yeah, yeah, this is that. This is the show. <laughs> no. But um, but uh, no. So one thing that I noticed is that um, they make reference to multiple other family members that they've tried to put the payment spirit into, uh, clearly, and yeah. they they mentally broke down from it. And then at the end of it, um, they make it clear that Charlie was one of the family members that they had tried to, uh, like the grandma was trying to like basically groom her into being Payman. That's why she was so attached to her. And it just wasn't working because Payman's, you know, sexist, I guess. But um, Payman's mad sexist, as we've established. And they also, you got to remember too, that they wanted Peter first. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter, like, and, you know, it was Steve who took the, like, who was like, no, you can't go anywhere near my kid. You guys are freaks. And yeah. put in a rule where there's no contact with yeah. Peter. Yep. And so it wasn't until later when Charlie comes along that she was. But not, but not knowing that there was a. Not like, the reason. Yeah. Member. Yeah. Like, just yeah, being this like, is our freaks. I was yeah. just like, leave my kid alone. <laughs> but also, also, I want to say shout out to uh, Gabriel Byrne, kind of is cool. In so this movie. good in I, this film. Yeah. He's, uh, I, lo- I love him in Miller's Crossing. He's the too, kind like, of glue. Too. I was like, I rewatched this for about the fifth time or something last night with my housemate. And he has, it's probably the seventh, like second time he's seen it. And I was like, the whole time I was just laughing and like, come on, Steve, don't be a party pooper. You know, put put the book in the damn fire, good. Go <laughs> up in the attic, come on. But like, he's like the glue and like the one who's kind of like stabilized. Yeah. You know, and he's a psychiatrist, there. which kind of is. Uh, yeah, which, they, which they I didn't quite pick up yeah. the first time through there. Yeah. No, I didn't the very first time either. I was like, what's this bum who just walks around? But everyone else is like, <laughs> yeah. so, no, I was like, seen it five times. Andy, you've seen it twice now? Um, uh, once, actually, uh, this time, because it was heavily spoiled. Like, like even the ending was spoiled for me. So I'm just like, fuck this. I'm going to wait until I forget about this movie. Um, but you know what, Andrew? You can watch it like, you can watch it so many times. There is so much in this film that. Like yeah, mystery, but like, 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 yeah, when it came out, it, the whole movie got spoiled to me. And I'm just like, mm. well, I just want to know if it was good or not. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was by a demon. Yo, I hate, I hate when movie reviews, like when you're reading something and they're it's like, like the entire plot is like, great. Yeah, they're, they're like, they're like reviewing it. And it's like, well, I don't need to know if it's good or if I've already seen it. Like, yeah. 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 So, so, Conan, so I've been kind uh, of avoiding how many, it. I, yeah, I, how many I've times? seen it 
three times. The second time was specifically to show Tony Ash, who was very much an esthete of uh, of horror, and he didn't know anything about it. And the nice thing about that is I'd kind of done a little research about like certain certain things, like like the framing shot. Um, there's like a flash. Uh, you see the house from afar, and you, and you mm-hmm. see like a, a flash of light. And if you're looking for it, you see the cultists like around the house, mm-hmm. like when it flashes. And so I, I kind of did the, you know, like whatever, like looked up all the Easter eggs and stuff. And like then I was yeah. like spent the time looking for those. And of course it was like, all right, look for the naked dude. You know, like look for like like this. Yeah. <laughs> all of the, and like it was a different kind of freaky experience knowing that. But like it didn't change. The any naked of dude kind of looks like Mike Pence. <laughs> it didn't change any of the of the creeping dread at, at all. Yeah. And, uh, no. I, and I was just arguing with someone on the internet uh, like a minute ago, uh, who first of all thought that Ari was a, a female um, filmmaker and thought that it was the same person who did uh, Titan, Titania. I don't know how you say it. I didn't. Oh like yeah, that film um, much. yeah, no, Titan. And, and said they both were tedious. I'm like tedious. Yeah, this movie is the opposite of tedious. You can make okay, more of whatever. a case that Bo is afraid. I think is tedious than this movie. Yeah, well, that's a different that's a different I mean, discussion. You know, we had that discussion. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it's so on rewatch. I specifically went into it because because the whole thing. All right, so you could ruin this this film for a lot of people just by just being like, oh well, you know, it's um, a horror movie from the perspective of the sacrifices. <laughs> For like an ancient ritual, right? Yeah. But they don't know that that's what's happening. So then, once you know what's happening, well, guess what? It's a different experience to like watch yeah. it. Even just like when you look at like tiny like little um, micro motions and like certain choices of phrase and, and things along mm-hmm. those lines. Let alone literally all the hidden stuff that's like, oh, if you look in like the outer frame, there's like some weird freaky stuff that's happening, and there's all this like, you know. Um, weird little symbols and things around and uh, there's also a lot of uh hints about stuff right because um just in what she kind of uh she kind of dumps in the um she kind of trauma dumps i guess is the term i was looking for in the uh when she's in the the group the bereavement group at the first time and there's so much information in there it's crucial yeah it's like well she said the one one thing from that that i was like you never find out who it is but when she says she was here previously for like She'd already been in the group for someone else that had died before Charlie. She says that in the first group session. Well, she's in there oh, for the, the, right. the grandmother first. Yeah, but before the grandmother. Oh, she was when in there she goes the in, in the first session for the grandma, she says that she's already been to group and she found that it helped. But yeah. you never yeah. you never know who that person was. Well, she, she all right. So so I, I know this is what I noticed this time, that whole speech. She talks about how her dad starved for whatever reason and died before she was born and so her mom had she claims her mom has like disassociative disassociative identity disorder right like she has like Mm -hmm. multiple personality disorder and then her brother um killed himself and had claimed that like hung himself in his room and had claimed that the reason he was doing it is because the mom kept putting uh like other people into him which then you realize Mm -hmm. that like he was he was like a broken host for the payment you know, spirit that they're just, they, they keep on cycling through these family members trying to like uh, find the proper host and they've been doing it for decades. So like she's, she's going through all of these different family members that have died in these like psych- psychiatric breaks yeah. without realizing that like, no, like they really were, they really were yeah. like putting fucking people into, and the mom obviously <laughs> has multiple personalities because she is both herself and the spirit that like, you know what I mean? Like the, the queen uh, Lilith yeah. spirit that you never really find out much about besides that it was, 
her like cult name. So like mm-hmm. there's there's like all this um psychiatric stuff, which makes sense why she chose to um be married to a uh, a psychiatrist, I think, right? Like who who was really the only one the, uh, can... bonus features they, they dated like like he was his therapist. Hey, um, emo dragon, is... thank you. He emo dragon fucking Chris loves this movie. Can't he, catch he, an he, episode live seeing my support. Absolutely love this movie, even if it freaks out every time. We'll play this one back later. Good. It's That's... uh it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because um I was gonna watch this on Saturday again, which I did, yeah. but he like Chris was arguing with somebody on Blue Sky that was like, <laughs> This movie sucks, and I was like I'm gonna watch this movie again yeah. today. You convinced think, me. I'm gonna watch it right now. <laughs> this is a movie that, like, I feel like a lot of people misunderstand because, like, people that I've spoken to about Hereditary, they either really love it or they really disliked it. Which I, I, I don't know why there's it's such divisive. a stuff. Yeah. Com- com- like, yeah, it's weird to me that that you could hate this film so much. This movie, I think, is divisive for a stupid reason, though. Um, the fact that, like, a lot of people had written stuff about it and been like, it's so scary, which I think it is. This movie freaks me the fuck out. It's but, very freaky, yeah. But every person that, like, watches horror movies, like, there's so many people that like to write reviews. They're like, I wasn't scared at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, cares. well, good for you, brother. Yeah, like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's creepy as fuck. And I can, I can go into, like, this movie I love so much because I can go into like nerd zone for hours talking about. You're already in it right now. <laughs> and like you know, blah, 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 like forever. Cause I love this film. Like I like this film. This is my favorite Ari film. Hands down. I like well, I, more than Midsummer. This, um, Mids- I think, I think Midsummer is mine, but. Um, everyone loves Midsummer, but I'm, that's the funny thing that I had. A, was talking to some other people about it and everyone's like team Midsummer. And then I'm like, I'm hereditary all the way. Like I'm with I, you. I think this is my favorite of his so far. Yeah. I, I think I think I, I uh, understand why people feel that way because like um, this movie is great, but there's a lot of like little things in the edits. Like like sometimes like letting a scene breathe. I was thinking about this because I watched um, uh, Sicario and then the the sequel, mm-hmm. and Sicario really like like uh you know watch the yeah. yeah um the 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 uh which we did not know how to produce when we did do we yes. how to say pronounce the beauty of that film is just the way he lets like the scenes breathe and there's a lot of breath and like like he gives every single scene like a time to kind of like you know, do its part. Yeah. And uh, I think with, with uh, Hereditary, there's a, there's um, some scenes that could have u- used a little bit more, uh, you know, like space in the, in the cut. And yeah. uh, I'm not saying that it's bad because I, th- I think sometimes the abrupt cut works too. And, and it's just like, uh, but with Midsommar, he's, he's kind of like learned like, oh, wait, I can, I can let some of these scenes breathe a little bit more. And I think there's a little bit more... Um, breath to, to, the, to the scenes mm. because the sequel of Sicario did not have that kind of breath. Everything yeah, but that's like, not by Villanueva. Like, no, it's not. And director. it's very obvious. And that's why um, I skipped it, even though I like the first one quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, like it's, it's kind of enjoyable, but like yeah. uh, it doesn't have those that, you know, does, it doesn't let you breathe and, and uh, mm. take the time w- with the scenes, even though it's, it's much more of an action film. I totally um, get that. To totally me, that. Sicario. Sorry. But I love that. I love that it's so... The, the, the Sicario brother like jarring <laughs> yeah i think i think it's 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 it gets you into the mood of of what the people are experiencing mm. yeah like, well like that's, it puts that's what i like is there is no room to breathe because there isn't any room to breathe yeah you're not right. meant to it's supposed yeah. to be incredibly upsetting and um you know 
like I said, jarring and just really traumatic. And you don't get that yeah. feeling. If they gave you more space to breathe and they elaborated more, I think it would be a different film. Um, so so this, this kind of brings me into uh, a point that I wanted to discuss, um, especially now that we have Conan back from his uh, his tour. Uh, so Colin Colin Stetson did the score for this movie, right? Great and score. I yeah. Do, yeah, the score mm-hmm. is perfect, I think. Um, Ari Aster said that he wrote the movie to Colin Stetson's other music because he had played with like Arcade Fire. He played with all these different uh, bands and he was really yeah, he's an avant-garde music. saxophone player yeah yep so um but the original one the score wasn't finished when the movie was so they played they made like a um uh whatever like generic like uh royalty free kind of copyright free score i guess <laughs> and played we it have we that. have a we have a score at home yeah yeah <laughs> uh, when when they were testing it out and i just i'd, I'd be so curious to watch that version of it because yeah. i can't imagine that version of it works as well as the score in this, because I think the score in this really makes the film. He did the menu as well, and that mm. was like one of my yeah, that was one good. of the favorite things I liked about that movie. I thought the score that was was very strong as well. The microphones kick around. You can just yell it out. We have a microphone over here. Yes, right. Yes, right here in the front section. Hi, you sta- got a microphone yeah, right, there. right there. Thank you. Uh, love the movie, Ari. It was fantastic. Um, just wondering. One of the things that really stuck out, uh, aside from the production design and the performances uh, and your direction, was the score. Uh, I think that it, it, it felt so just powerful and so overtaking of evil in the, in the movie. I was wondering <clears throat> how you came across uh, Colin and uh, what you, what you, how uh, the relationship between you two sort of grew for the film. Um, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, Colin Stetson is a brilliant saxophonist and avant-garde composer who by day is, you know, he, he plays sax for Arcade Fire and Tom Waits and Bonnie Fair and people like that. Um, but then he, he, uh, he's been making these solo albums that sound like nothing else and they're incredible. And I, I, I was actually writing Hereditary to his music. Um, <coughs> and uh, he's the first person I approached. I approached him two years before we went into pre-production. Um, and, you know, luckily he, he was, he wanted to score films. Um, I think he had scored a couple things before. Um, but, um, but I, I, I hadn't seen them. That, that was actually news to me. Um, and uh, yeah. And then when we started working, I mean, to, to repeat, you know, the first the first direction I gave him was that I wanted the film to feel evil, um, and you know I was very happy with what he produced in that direction. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was sending me ideas and sketches like while we were shooting, before we were shooting, um, and. Uh, we agreed that I would not use temp music, and uh, and then I I went back on that, and we used temp music because <laughs> um, you need it if you're going to screen it for people, um, like the financiers or. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I I mean Colin's amazing, and if anybody has not listened to his music, um, you should. Um, I was listening to New History Warfare two and three when I was writing the script but he he just uh he just put something he just put out uh, a piece about a year ago that was really amazing uh, an album oh god 
I'm forgetting what it's called. It's really brilliant. Um, yeah. We have a question up there. Was it very wild? He he's, so, like, he's so orcs, isn't he? <laughs> he really yeah. is. I love it. He's so orcs. He's just like, stop for a really awkward long period. Start again. <laughs> he's not exactly a wildly charismatic figure. Yeah. No. But, uh, he's, no. He's, he's leaned into it, though, as time goes on. Yeah. yeah. Now he refuses to answer questions about his films. Like one of those fucking auteur directors. It's like, I won't answer these questions about my film. It speaks for itself. And I feel like that actually comes from him being incredibly awkward. Yeah. yeah it's, it's I don't want to have like, this yeah. conversation. Yeah. So I'm going to use yeah. that. Like, yeah. Um, he should just start clicking at people. Yeah, <laughs> just, oh my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I would be totally behind that. <laughs> <laughs> we should just do it in unison at the end. Yeah. Yeah. We could try. We could. We... <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of addictive. It is. Once you start doing it, you get on a roll. It literally, yeah. it literally is. It literally is stimming. Like it's the thing that like like autistic kids do to like feel like uh, normal and kind of like like have their like whatever like they like, feel in control or whatever. Because once you start doing it, it's like addictive. <laughs> yeah, you got to you start focusing on it and go go go. Yeah. But, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, but can we? Oh, we'll mention amazing. Yeah, like the actors in this. So Tony Collette, I love her. Oh my her god, death. how great is she in this? She's so she was good robbed the for the Oscar this year. Robbed. Yeah, totally. It was a and daytime like, robbery. <laughs> she's always robbed. I feel like she I, is. Like, she's always very underestimated, and like she's so. They just funny. don't. They just don't treat uh, Australians as well as. No, they leave us true. Aussies out. Well, like, and they also. And I'm the first one to, to talk about the sort of like sliding scale that people apply to horror, which I find like laughable and mostly annoying because it means that like lots of drivel and dreck comes through. Oh, it's good. There's good kills. Yeah, but it's a shitty movie. So since yeah. it's a shitty movie, it's it's not worth watching. Sorry. But when it comes to the Academy Awards, there is an anti-horror bias. I mean, it's an anti-genre bias. Yeah, anti-genre genre film. Except for Ari Aster's work, like <laughs> Ari Aster's work transcends horror, right? Like it's, uh, sure. it's either about family trauma, like this this movie, but not for Tony. It didn't. She did not win the award. This uh, <laughs> this movie specifically speaks to me. Um, my my grandpa. Um, maybe maybe this is the reason why it's not my favorite of his movies. Um, my grandpa was a uh, kind of like an enigma, like kind of a, a figure that we did like nobody in my family really understood. And he had this crazy library when he died in like 2003, like my dad was kind of like trying to figure out like what his relationship with his dad was like, and like was kind of making up this like kind of romanticized version of it in his head. Like he always has. And then he had this library that like was full of books about the occult and like, just like uh, Eastern religions. Like he had this religious library that was kind of crazy. And like his, his library even had like these big like spell books where it was like, how to hex somebody like the Aleister Crowley mm. kind of stuff. Mm, mm. Yeah. So watching this movie and seeing her take apart those boxes full of like the same kind of books that my grandpa had was kind of um, it hit pretty fucking close to home in like the because I mean I don't know what the fuck was up with my grandpa but like it was that same kind of feeling when like uh, when I was going through the library at his house in Maine. Um, Probably but, gonna be me when I'm old, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have exactly. my own library. <laughs> Creepy shit. Oh, oh, that's the spell layer. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. <laughs> well, so when I was a kid, um, I found one of those books and I like read something from it and like was like, oh, that's a hex. Like I just put a hex on everybody. And my mom, my bad, y'all. No, but my mom freaked out and every bad thing that happened for the next year, she was like, that's because that's of the idea. hex. 
Yeah. That was the hex that you put on stuff. And I think that was the year I almost drowned. So he was like, <laughs> you were like, oh no, you were like one of that's one of the like scenes I think that like was really poignant for me in this film is when like Tony or you know Annie is talking about how you know that when they were children, like um, Peter and Charlie when they were a lot younger, how she you know had that sleepwalking incident where she puts paint thinner on them and then she wakes oh, right. up and she's about to. Yeah them on fire and then like me and my husband were laughing like you know this poor kid i'm like how is he going to school every day like he's you know his mom's trying to pull his head off and previously she tried to set him on fire right. and like, all of this stuff like the kid's just like so traumatized a shitload of weed yeah no wonder he, he does like, and like he like he let, like mellows him out for the rest of the day yeah and then like he goes to school and starts banging his head on the table and shit. And it's just all all, all in a week, you know? What whatever. Just chill. Yeah, but like I, I have to imagine like his mom is seems put together, right? She's like an artist. His dad's like a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Like you never really know what's going on in somebody's family life. But, but like, it's a slow burn knowing, of emotional torment all around. Yeah. But like, but, but like, <laughs> like thinking about it from the from the um like you know the perspective of like a, a person looking at like that kid right like yeah it would seem like his family has it pretty together yeah exactly. funny that, like, the they trappings really are all yeah. there i yeah. mean yeah. again in reality yeah not, not at all and he doesn't know how to express his emotions at all like he's very closed off like just the fact that he yeah. you know the fact that he like you know is like he disconnects and then he's like he just dissociates all the time and then when he's in the car with charlie and like you know, even when, you know, they go. Ironically, he, he dissociates all the time. Sits there. And he his just psychiatrist, sits there. His psychiatrist dad doesn't do anything about it. Like his psychiatrist dad's like, oh, that's just my kid. Like, yeah, yeah. that's my yeah. kid. He's just fucked up. And <laughs> yeah, he's like that scene is so so amazing where he's just in the car sitting there for ages, just yeah. totally dissociating. And then he goes, like when he goes, he knows perfectly well she's not okay. Yeah, and yeah. he's like you okay and you can tell he's like just trying to tell himself like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you're okay yeah well, head i mean it's like the time i hit the yeah. deer it, it's it's the same thing like uh, i remember i hit a yeah, deer the, the deer thing. would fly straight deer. up in the air it's the um, exact same and thing. i convinced myself that the, i didn't actually hit a deer until the deer comically dropped in front of me yeah well he swerves like he doesn't hit the deer the whole thing is that he doesn't hit the deer he swerves around the deer and that's yeah. why the ball. But that's why my sister. Other than that, it was exactly the same. <laughs> yes. so, um, no, but so I, I think. Can I just can I give a shout out to the dad who's just trying to have a normal one? That's all he's yeah. trying to do. The entire movie is just trying to have a normal. Steve's one. He's just trying to live. Yeah, he's, he's uh, not... By the way, Steve is such a good <laughs> like, like therapist. Me. Like Steve is such a good name for like a therapist that is not Steve. equipped to handle any yeah. any of your yes. any of his like family shit. What are these going on here, Steve? <laughs> when he stops at the um, intersection after he picks up, um, after he picks up Peter after he's been slamming his head in the desk, yeah. like, and he just starts, you know, blabbering and crying and shit at the intersection, and you're like, but like, to, he's just like, what the fuck? Every day is something crazy. Yeah, I don't blame the guy. He's psychiatrists were like, not. You'd be like, this is fucked. Like, he's probably great I married this woman, like all of her family dropped dead with crazy shit, and they've all got crazy psychiatric disorders. And, like, 
and Steve's a therapist. And, and he gets he gets got in the most surprising way where <laughs> Tony's just like, oh, well, I know how I'll take care of this. I'll just burn it. And then, like, he gets lit on fire. And it's like, oh, the one guy that, like, did nothing wrong, basically. Yeah. He tried his best and, yeah. and, like, just got lit on fire. Even the deleted scene. Like, like uh, if, if you ever get a chance to check out the deleted scenes, do, do it. Because they actually uh, are, are quite interesting. Um, they don't add anything to the movie. But yeah. but uh, there there's this, an added scene where he's uh, saying goodnight to uh, Peter before he goes to bed, and um, they have this moment, and it's just it's really awkward. But you can tell like Steve's kind of frustrated because like he was trying to get through to his son and isn't, and uh, right, right. you know it really does make uh, his breakdown have a little bit more um, you know a little bit more uh, meaning to it. Uh, I think. Well, all right. So so something that's fascinating. This movie, the script that Ari Aster originally showed, this would have been a three-hour movie. And um, a lot of the scenes, like, they cut an hour off of it. They managed to, because a lot of the scenes uh, really spelled out, I guess. The, well, yeah, because um, the dick dad. We didn't need that. <laughs> no, Save but it for the third the movie. Really, really, I would rather get lit on fire than go to therapy. There you <laughs> go. Good one, Chapter Black. <laughs> Even if they themselves are therapists. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, like, uh, no, there's so there's... um. Yeah, so they cut an hour's worth worth of scenes from this, you know, because it's a two-hour movie. It would have been three hours. And uh, a lot of it was, I guess, spelling out more of the relationship between the family. I don't think you need that, though. And I think that, like... I think think it's a first-time director thing. Yeah. He didn't expect that his actors were going to give him so much, um, you know, via... Like, I was was listening to Alex Wolf talk about it, and he was saying, like, so much of it is, like, actors giving each other a look, and that look totally... um, you understand what the relationship is without needing like needing it to spell that out. But like for it's not it to, spoon fed yeah. to you, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's that was one of the reasons it, that's one of the things that was actually kind of sold to me on. Not that someone's selling it to me, but someone's like, oh, you, yeah. I think you would like this. <laughs> the Ari Aster salesman. <laughs> hey, I got a film for you, kid. Uh, no, is that it was like, oh, no, this is not a, you know, Star Wars prequels. We're going to tell you everything and not show you kind of thing. It's like, no, it's all there, but it's like, it was explained to me. It was, it was very subtle. You just got to look at look and for it, listen for it. Creepy yeah. and full of dread and you need to pay attention. I was like, okay, this all sounds like, like stuff I like doing. <laughs> N- none of the uh, cutscenes that were, that were on the DVD really add anything to the movie. Although I will say the, the <laughs> scene where he meets the, one of the naked guys at the funeral uh, for mm. his sister, uh-huh. um, that, that was actually, that, that would have uh, been just made the movie weirder. Awkward. Vice, <laughs> Vice President Mike Penis. We had that, like, um, one of the cult members, you know, in the back um, at Grandma's funeral, like, and he's got that, yeah. like, hi, I'm a WWF fighter or something look with yeah. the buzz cut, and he's just yeah, yeah, yeah. in the background. That guy's yeah, like, What's that guy's deal? You, creeper. Yeah, yeah like, that's, that's that was literally part of. I think that was in our. Uh, it was in, in the our, thing. Yeah. yeah, you got you captured it. Um, oh, that's what reminded me of it. I was like, oh, that dude with the hair. Well, well and that's just one of the kind of weirdly unsettling things. You're like, what's going on? What? What's like? What is like? And, and like, if you're you know an avid cinephile, then you're going to be sitting there trying to come up with kinds of theories. And whatever it is you thought it was, it's not that. Mm-hmm. Just well, because you don't see then, this yeah, kind of story. Really... And she kind of, she kind of, um, like you don't even need to really see that much of the cult in the funeral because she says that line. Where she's like, oh, there's so many people here that, like, I don't even know a lot of you. Strange faces, yeah. yeah. And, like, you could tell that it's like, oh, this is kind of awkward. Like, who the fuck are these people at my mom's funeral? So, like, (laughs) that that's kind of uh, in itself, like, a a fascinating moment where it's like, like, I could see a first-time director being like, oh, well, we need to show the cult members and have them all meet. And then that one guy. We need their backstories, too. Then it's like, like, actually, we don't need any of that. We could just have this one line and that kind of, you know. 
and yeah. that takes care of it. I, I also think that it's notable that um, Tony Collette's character's uh, relationship with art. Yeah, I, I, th- I think is is very interesting. And first of all, the fact that she seems to—I mean, the dioramas are like a cool like you don't see that a lot. You know, it's a it's dioramas a of, creep me the fuck out. But they no. also, when they have little people in them, they mm. are legitimately creepy, right? Yeah, like, and yeah. You want to go to the Baltimore Museum of Art if you want to see some great uh, dioramas. I love them, but they freak me the hell out. Like, well, I mean, it's actually creepy if it's people you know, right? Like, if mm. if it's somebody yeah, it's doing the diorama people. of like your family, you're like, God, that's mm. I don't. What do you yeah. like? Because yeah, the thought is like they could pick, they can pick up I mean, your the one could, where she's breastfeeding yeah. and the grandmother's ripping her shirt open. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What the hell? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, even the scene where she recreates the death of Charlie and like Steve's yeah, like, no, that, 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 that's, uh, and that's you're gonna like, don't let him see that, you know? Like, and she's like, and it's th- not. That shows her husband is not a good therapist because most therapists would be like, okay, that's cool. Like, you you do that through your art, and then that's how you process your emotions. Let's talk about it. And he's like, don't let the boy see that. (laughs) Well, okay. All right. Look, look, Forrest, you're not married, okay? (laughs) So let's just just say that maybe there's been other conversations before. Probably. Let's 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 give Gabriel Byrne the the, they cut them out. So yeah, I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't want my son to see that though, to be fair. I probably would have said the same thing. Here's here's one of the uh, here's here's one of the dioramas again. I, I, one would hope that people have seen um, <laughs> seen this film if they're listening to this or watching. Yeah. It. But I, yeah. I mean, I think it, it's a very effective it's a very effective uh, visual that isn't overly relied on. Like you almost think like, oh, is this going to be like the the thing that causes the horror? Because I know this is a horror movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, not really. But it's, it, I mean, the, the the most horrible thing is that she manages to squander making money at art, apparently. But uh, if that's <laughs> but that's my take on it. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, she can spend all this time doing these uh, dioramas, and someone's actually paying for them. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. She, she can't freaking. That's a miracle in get itself. Get it together. Get it together, Tony. All right, so, so this is her talking about um, how hard it was to do the scene where she destroys the Annie, diorama. What is what is it? Is it yeah, Annie. Name? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but this, this is the scene where she's talking about how hard it was. I'm Michael Jackson wasn't in the cult and just coming up to her going, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? <laughs> Dad um, jokes. There it is. There it is. He had to get it. Good night, Bob. in physical pain not to. <laughs> <laughs> what is really unusual, unusual is Steve Newburn's work on the, on the on the miniatures so, so uh, it felt like such a cool place to be able to for you to work in amongst i'm that. so happy that you're bringing him up he and his team were so unbelievably dedicated and passionate and it's such a painstaking process to create all of those miniatures and they would they were just so brilliant at it they also made all of the necessary prosthetics and oh, right. um as well as as well as the miniatures but it's such a huge part of the movie you know of i play course. an artist who kind of you know spends her days laboring over this work yeah i mean if you don't buy the the miniatures if you don't buy them as works of art then it kind of it, it really you know drive a hole into that character mm. the, the fact that they are so haunting is is a part of it you know i felt so guilty because really there's a scene where i have to smash them up <laughs> in the film you find me sitting amongst the rubble mm. but i actually did you know film it smashing them up I, they were standing there watching i felt like i was killing one of their children it was just like totally heartbreaking <laughs> I'm really sorry yeah sorry. i was very sorry. apologetic yeah. <laughs> it was, you, sh- you shot it out in utah yes right? yep and i mean it looks quite 
barren around the, the you know where the, the the family home is you've got all these creepy miniatures um <laughs> obviously a lot of creepy setups were there any actual sort of creepy moments i mean that weren't no. in the script there was nothing creepy that happened no that's good that's good yeah. that's good are you are you a fan of Horror, horror movies films? in general? Absolutely not. No, neither am I. No, but there, isn't it like this? It is a horror film, but there's so much more to it. It's so it has so much depth and is so profound and complex and layered, and somehow feels realistic. And the horror aspects do come out of something quite honest. Mm. And I mean, yeah, it's not it's not a slasher movie. Not I mean, at we're, all. We're, None we're, of it's gratuitous. We're starting with something you know completely different. And and like I say, I, I went in not knowing it was a horror until. The, the music started to tell me something. <laughs> and the music know, like, is incredible. Okay. Colin Stetson, is he contributes so much to this film. The suspense, a lot of it. I mean, you know, we made the movie and I didn't, you know, the music wasn't there on set. It's, mm. it's kind of added on afterwards. It directly informs the atmosphere. It's so incredible. Mm. And he's just playing a modified saxophone. He kind of creates his own oh, right. instruments and it's really every sound is from one one modified or maybe several, but sa- it's it's from the saxophone. Yeah. So, um, oh, sorry. I wanted to ask um, what I find really interesting is obviously a lot of actors, when they're doing these performances, you're drawing from personal experience. But what do you draw from when you're having to react to something like completely supernatural, completely unexplained? Do you try and find something real? Or no. Do you try and move to- I never do that. It feels kind of like a betrayal or <laughs> so it kind of cheapens <laughs> it. I mean, I had the luxury of working with a brilliant script and, you know, it's imagination. And I think for me, acting is about empathy and kind of aligning yourself with your character. And And when you do that, uh, I mean, I, I think I am naturally an empath, and so, it, um, yeah, it just it was it was very real on the page. So I didn't, I re- honestly, I said this before, I didn't feel like I had to kind of really build something. It came to me very easily. Yeah, yeah. And now, with all presumably lots of people you know have seen it, because it's so intense, are, are people reacting to you slightly differently? <laughs> because I feel like if I was like a good friend of yours, I'd seen it. I have to just take avoid a step you back. maybe just for like a couple of days. Somebody told me the other day they woke up in a panic because they thought I was like <laughs> in their room and, you know, in a certain position and they want to give it away because it's a position in the movie. But um, I mean, I don't mind that. That means that the film has affected them and it is the type of film that will stay with you because it says so much. Um, yeah. I love, I love that she seems, back to the mutant time. <laughs> she seems, um, she seems very like, she seems like a fun person. She also seems very emotive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. her whole, like, come on the show. Like, she has Australians, uh, yo. But like she's so like she's she gesticulates so much I guess the term like when she speaks like and her character in this like it's only it, like it's only interesting because uh like that Annie character is so not like she's so reserved and like mm. that's why her like reactions to stuff are so huge I think because like the character doesn't have like she she gets embodied by stuff and then she has like crazy body positions and all that stuff but like when she's just herself she's extremely yeah, she's reserved very, and, like yeah and very like like drawn in and i feel like that's the opposite of the energy that like tony collette gives off i uh, i guess <laughs> yes uh hard agreed and snubbed at the oscars big time um okay there's apparently i'm, I'm sorry i guess I, I was looking at the chat there's apparently hereditary sweatpants uh <laughs> and it's one side is gabriel Byrne on fire <laughs> and the other side oh. is tony collette <laughs> burn gabriel Byrne. <laughs> Because nothing says nothing says relaxing around the house like Gabriel Byrne on fire. <laughs> Here's uh damn seventy seventy dollars. Wow. 
Seventy dollars. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would love it if, he, if they owned a pair and he just cruises around. Oh my god! If they went to interviews in them too, yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> he's Gabriel Burns just chilling on the couch and he's and he's. It's like I I need to shout out yeah. uh, my my sweatpants from. <laughs> that's a great mer- i mean the, the game i would not have thought of that merch item i think of weird merch items all the time but he's know. he's so much he's so much different in this than he is in like miller's crossing like oh yeah like like his, his he's very mild and reserved throughout this entire movie and in miller's crossing he he's also res- very reserved i think but his energy is so much more intimidating in that movie than it is in this which oh. uh, you know so, some of it is definitely like being good at acting but some of it also i think he's probably getting older being like a well he's played a very different kind of role too right so yeah. it's not like like even though he's the you know the patriarch of this family he's certainly not the, the one in control and not yeah you don't want him to be coke up cop i mean that just wouldn't have worked <laughs> he's but, like the, he's like the mediator like even that the, right. i love the scene you know the dinner table scene and you know later on he's like no stop this now and everyone just goes mm. yeah but there, you know, there's some there's tweets. some actors that can't change their like menace like their energy right like like kevin spacey i think and i felt like this way this way before we knew all the stuff about kevin spacey like kevin spacey is a good example of like an actor that like he couldn't just be some guy that like works at, you know works as a therapist that's like the mild like a mild-mannered husband like i wouldn't believe that like there's yeah, something yeah. Couldn't do it. His, yeah so like yeah it, it takes a certain kind of actor i think to be able to change their entire energy from something like miller's crossing to this kind of movie where it's like it's almost like if you know, I mean, we we know that he died because he caught on fire. But like, if he had just kind of died of a stroke in the middle of the movie, like, who, who would have noticed that? Fe- that Steve well, because everyone else is such high drama, yeah. and it's un- it's understandable <laughs> why. But he's like the only one that's just like again. I'm going to go back to what I said. He's just trying to have a normal day. It's all and he, he wants. He's yeah. the Irish he wants one to out get of all through of this life. Yeah. <laughs> people are like making like like Irish jokes. Like, wow, those Irish people are so reckless. And he's the he's the one guy that's like he's the only grounded one of a lot of them. And granted, there's explanations for uh, as to why, but uh, it's I mean, in a way, his story is like um, like just as tra- no, not just as tragic, but you know, similarly, everybody's story is tragic in here. There's nobody gets off easy, you know. But, yeah, but, uh, but but the thing is, is that that his death's really important because he is grounding everybody. And once yeah. he's gone, once there's he's gone, nothing. Yeah, nothing grounding them, them at all. To, there you go. Here, this is this is a good. One. He does he does tortured well. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Gabriel Byrne does tortured well. Well, he is uh, you know, he is he is <laughs> he has decades of uh of, of Irish strife to, to, to play <laughs> off of. Hereditary the sweatpants the movie yes yeah one of my favorite things about this film definitely is I just I love all sweatpants. the nuggets would have been what it. I thought of sorry Renee go ahead. <laughs> oh, nice me. he played Lord Byron in Gothic correct he did um, oh okay yeah the um yeah like I just I love all the folklore and all of the all of the nuggets and then all of these little aesthetic things in the background like you that Conan's already mentioned um there's so much of that and I think even in you know I think if you've watched this film once you need to watch it a second time to catch up with all of the things like you know even like there's so many bits that like you sort of know but then as it goes along if you weren't paying attention you wouldn't even pick it up like the you know at the beginning the grandma scene when the person touches the lips she she's actually anointing the lips and you'll see she drops a little bit of um herb on there right yeah. and then when there's the seance just same some thing. weird people at that funeral <laughs> you know she takes a drink and the little bit of tea like the little bit of the stuff falls out and then again yeah. later it's on peter's head like you know there's all these things that if you you know if you in the beginning you don't know what that is or whether it even 
is something, but it, it does reappear throughout the film. And like, you know, one of the, I love at the end when you've got, you know, the very, very end when they're in the treehouse, and you've got the statue and then it's got Charlie's head. And, you know, the, the way that the, the actual arm is up doing the exact same position as Peter yeah. in the classroom yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's all these parallels like that are all, you know, sort of together as you go along. And even like that haunting, I love the kind of haunting frame that you kind of see all the time, especially with Peter in the background, you know, the, the treehouse is always on with those giant heaters and you see that square the window that he sees outside of his room every time he looks when he's sleeping and it's actually the heat radiating in the treehouse. and oh okay square. cool yeah because yeah. he has like the two heaters that are in there are blaring non-stop and they're blaring yeah. throughout the whole film so after charlie's passed away they're still leaving them on because obviously annie's going up and sleeping in there and stuff but when she's not there they're just leaving it on and i'm like that's also a hazard guys um and, you know, and then obviously, you know, the naked people, cult members everywhere, and then you've got Annie appearing in, you know, many scenes in the roof and walls and whatnot. Um, well, and, and er er earlier on, too, there's like, a, it shows the same pole that Charlie gets yes. decapitated yeah. on, and you see like the, the symbol, right? Mm -hmm. So that's yep. another one, which I did not yeah. catch at the first time at all, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> there's like all those different like, yeah, symbols all throughout, you know, like, and they, they very, some of them are very quick and you don't even catch on. It's like, oh, there's symbol yeah. on the floor. There's this, that, and the other. There's also the reoccurring thing with the ants. Ants are every, like constantly appearing on pivotal moments. Did David Lynch like, show up yeah. to wrangle the ants? <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the they things. Could have just put his head like a little David Lynch, like, head somewhere but yeah you one know of the, and then one of the things the... that i don't that i didn't catch it catch uh until like i think the second time or the third time when he when um when peter falls out of the treehouse he died like his neck breaks yeah and yeah. he he's resurrected as payment i like that like that happened so fast in the, for the first time i watched it like and that treehouse becomes really important because of that like right. uh you know that's the place that he's like resurrected pretty much but like it yeah. took me like it took me a couple he times watching it off. he just he fucked up you know yeah. what i mean it's like, because someone said to me, they're like, how come he? And I'm like, dude, he didn't chop his head off. Yeah. You got to chop your head off or else yeah. you, they get in. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only way to release payment is to chop your head off. Because, and you know, when like Annie, that scene with Annie, that I think that was the scene that like was the most hard to watch for me. Like just staring there watching her going eh, with one of those slow like wire saws. Just yeah. Eh, eh, and eh, well, because it's the sound. Like the. Yeah, 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 yeah. You hear all the, the noise, and he's just like, I've got like Alex, like the the actual actor who plays Peter is phenomenal at like portraying this character. Like he's which, which so, was entirely method, by the way, the way he did it. Yeah, yeah, and he he you know he came out and said you know that this he had long lasting psychological effects and insomnia and all sorts of stuff after he did this film because he also he also um. So I found this clip. He talks about how he sl he actually slammed his head on the desk on mm. like, and they were they yes. were like they were like you can't we can't film it that like we can't have you just slam your head on the desk like you need to we need to figure out a different way to do it and he was like nope bomb and smash it yeah so like the the damage you see on his face when is like the actual damage from him actually slamming method acting man what are you gonna do but I think it works oh, it works in this case though yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, also the thing about this uh, this whole interview is that the the guy that's interviewing him and uh, Millie Shapiro, who plays Charlie, seems to be very surprised that she's not uh, like mentally challenged. Mm. So like every time she says anything like vaguely intelligent, he's like, like he, he's like, whoa, that's whoa, look at this this girl's precocious. Look at you. Like, <laughs> oh, awkward. I was jumping that's in like, and out too much, then I would not be able to get back to the sort of place that I got to. And so I sort of just made sure to stay in this little, you know, rough spot for a long time. But she was my light, my guiding light. Which is my completely different than her character in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> Off screen, you were a guiding light. On screen, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of creepy. Yeah, just a bit, maybe. Just yeah. a tiny bit, yeah. What's going, was that, did they describe the character to you as someone that was going to be a bit creepy? Which is so interesting because she's kind of an innocent, too. Yeah, um, I think the thing that really makes her creepy is her moral compass is slightly skewed. So what her version of right and wrong is isn't like everyone else's. And so that can make people feel uncomfortable, which is what really makes things creepy is because you feel like that's not right and that's not natural. And um, to Charlie, she isn't creepy at all. This is just completely normal for her. And it was very interesting as an actor to really take a look at that wonder what why her moral compass was so far or off kilter a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. it's um i don't want to say too much because then i'll spoil yes stuff. that's true but i think <laughs> all of us the interesting part part of the interesting part of the movie is all of us have uh our own moral compass it sort of asked that question of what is right and what's wrong i mean this is such a complicated situation are we all just doomed and right and wrong is irrelevant or are there right things to do in these situations and um I think you want to find someone to blame throughout this movie, but it's hard to. Each new scene kind of twists your perspective, and I think that's Ari Aster's goal. He's, he's well, everybody at one point is to blame for something. Absolutely, in the, yeah, in, yeah, hundred percent. Except yeah. maybe for Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> she's really maybe the one person who doesn't should not receive any blame at any point, or the most person depends. Depending fair. on how depends you think, how about you it. think about it. Yeah. Right. I guess you could kind of say that now that now that you say that. I guess you could say that. <laughs> yeah. um, like, I don't agree, but you did say it. So, Well, I get, I get where it's coming from and the scene that you're referencing. What was the hardest scene for you to shoot? I found the whole process to be a little hard, honestly. I didn't feel like, I felt like every day everything was a little bit challenging. I mean, like, there, there's like scenes where I'm just standing. Well, first of all, the movie was three hours originally. It was, right. Jesus <laughs> Christ, there are these loud sounds coming in. <laughs> this is nuts um uh yeah uh sorry uh i mean like there were scenes the movie was like three hours so there were scenes that were cut out that were the original script about three hours as yeah well? it was about three hours it was it was written very yeah there was just a lot of family drama stuff um and there were these big long scenes that ended up not making it for good reason i mean i didn't know ari was gonna like hold on my face for like minutes at a time like he just holds on close-ups and i didn't know that and, and i think th when you see that you're like oh we don't need that other scene because it, it kind of you know you say that just with you know those those close-ups those long shots but I, I mean there were shots where like i'm just standing outside of a room watching tony break down crying that's that was you know emotionally traumatic and then there's you know the classroom scene which is emotionally traumatic in its own way i just found every new day was like a new thing i've never done before and probably will never do again and uh i found it all to be kind of 
challenging. How did you do the scene? And this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer where you uh, smash your face on the desk. Well, I just smashed my face on a desk. I mean, I, I said to Ari, I said, uh, you know, and Ari can test this. I said, like, hey, give me a real desk. Let's do it. And he was like, I, I appreciate the commitment. We probably, you'll, you can probably sue me if I do that. Like, that, that's not legal. So he was like, we'll get you foam one. So then my impression was, okay, it'll be a nice soft foam one and it'll be easy. And then I came in and it was somewhere in between. I mean, it was like foam on the top, but it was hard on the bottom. And there was no other way except to put like blood on my nose and just slam my face on the desk and Oof. freak out. So I think when you do that, did you do it? I think, well, I did all day of stuff, you know, like all the contortions and, and, and I dislocated my jaw boxing a few years ago. So I dislocated my jaw for that scene. And like, I, like I can do it. It hurts so much, but I like dislocated it. And then like, I just did and all this. put it back in. Yeah. So oh. I like dislocated during that scene. When I'm like, you know, doing all that stuff. So all that, there's like barely any special effects in there because we like glued my eye back um, and then just glued my lip up. You glued your eyelid up yeah. or your eye back? Oh, you mean like I just mean, your sorry, eyelid. my eyelid, yeah. Okay, so I was glued like... My... <laughs> no, you can't. I think you can glue an eyeball. But no, we glued my eyelid back. We glued my upper lip and then I like dislocated my jaw and then just went for it. And so, I mean, I spent all day doing it. Um, but then we did two or three takes of that one slam thing. And I just think that reaction is what anybody would have when you just have like trauma to your face. Well, one of the... <laughs> wow. I, I would imagine so. Yes. Yeah. I love his dedication. Like I disc dislocated my jaw for it. Yeah. 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 And then I dislocated oh, my jaw. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> like, all right. That's awesome. He's like, I was going to say, he's um, like, well, I dislocated my jaw boxing. So how, how hard is it to just, you know, pop it back? He goes, oh, it me. hurts though. But you know, it's like, <laughs> oh. Ta talented, talented young man though. He was in uh, pig, which we covered pig, last year yes. with Ross. Uh, so good. Uh, and one of the cast of thousands in Oppenheimer, of course, uh, mm. <laughs> as well. And probably one of the best parts about that. I was that trying to remember what we had watched for this show that he was also in. Yeah. He's, I think his like, vibe is so different in Pig that it didn't. Oh, it's so different. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. A little different. Yeah, he, he was yeah, the Pig, by like... the way, for those who didn't see the episode. <laughs> he was he the Pig. He's King Pigman. <laughs> he's been, he's been inhabited by a. By, no wonder he's like stoned all the time. I'd yeah. be stoned all the time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just just like, trying to freaking yeah. deal with the pain. Yeah, I'm like, but... he's a big bong head. Like, you know, where's the bong at? Um, what, is he from he... Nickelodeon or something? Like, what's his what's his whole deal? Like, I don't. I, uh... Uh, I he's only come to my that. attention recently, but it seems like he's in like a lot of stuff now. I've seen him in a lot of like he was in like you know my my friend Dharma. Like he's he's been in a lot of low. First thing I saw him in was those more recent Jumanji movies, which I, I are yes, he was in those films. <laughs> I, I think those are amusing. Like, I think I, I saw him in like he was in old. Um, yeah, he was he was one of the better parts of old, which yeah. just, that guy just is miss after miss for me. But yeah, and then uh, yeah, he so yeah. he was in uh, Nickelodeon's The Naked Brothers Band. I guess I don't know. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't that's know what right. that is, but it sounds sounds like it's not for me. No, those <laughs> you know things, but yeah, then he moved on and started just doing a lot of indie, like lo-fi lo stuff which was good it is kind of messed up that is so is millie shapiro who played charlie is she like just forever typecast like just gotta get, find something else well, to no, do. Well, she's, her and her sister are stunt like her sister's a stunt woman and they do a performance show together that's what her oh that's what her life yeah. is normally oh wow. she's not an actress by trade so no, yeah she, she was excited they, though apparently that was her first stunt in in the film and mm. she's just like um 
because uh, in the uh, bonus features, they, they have this interview with her, and she's like, so they so they attached me to this rig, and I had this wire holding me up, and then they were going like 35 miles an hour, and I love roller coasters. It was just like being on a roller coaster. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So she's she's a Broadway actress, pretty much. Yeah. Like, okay. So um, the two shows, the two big ones that she did, she did Matilda the musical uh, as Matilda, mm. and then she did um, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and she was Sally. So like, those are like two pretty big uh, Broadway roles. I mean, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I just I I'm not. I this is the only thing I've yeah, seen. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. So. I just I just saw her talking about how she was usually in Broadway. This is her like her first yeah. movie, her first mm. and only movie apparently. Um, Wait, I think yeah. she has a Tony. Wow. Yeah. I well, mean, she it, has her mom. That's a Tony. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Tony. Um, that's right. So. It, it, would, it wouldn't. Yeah. Let me see. Um, awards. Yeah. So she won uh, a Tony honor. I don't know if it's the same as a Tony. Oh, she was also nominated for a Grammy um, for Matilda. Good on her. Yeah. Uh, can I just? Can we just real quick point out, like, um, and this is sorry for the podcast listeners, like this kind of stuff too, like the yes, like the grandma in the shadows mm-hmm. as like 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 well, that and that's the first uh, that's the first time you really get to feel like something's really off, right? Like yeah, the because rewatching it this time because I've, I've I've watched it three times and the the other like the second time I watched it was this year before we talked about Bo is Afraid. And yeah. like I noticed it every time, like the the grandma appearing in 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 that room in, in the corner, like and if you're not looking, you don't see it. And and can yeah. I tell you that this is I'm certain like the difference between say watching something on your phone and watching something on a big screen is is like little things like this, because there's also the same thing um, when Annie's possessed too that um, I didn't catch this the first time that she's like yes. up in the corner, up the top, yeah, and yeah. it's like oh crap. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then you were seeing Charlie earlier as well, but she's more, she's more, um, like what do you call it? You you can you can tell like that's not hidden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's more over. But these are just like if you're the looking for it or like have a wandering eye, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, even in the, the scene with the when poor Steve, you know, after he's cooked like a barbecue, like you see that <laughs> bit where Annie's like woo flying across the room. Yeah. in the background and in the real dark and if you're not looking like you sort of like what and and even in the scene when she flies across in the scene that you just showed as well yeah. she flies out after that bit in the corner but like yeah you see like all these little nuggets everywhere which just adds to the freakiness of like what the hell's going on here mm. well, <laughs> like, even the also the, the bit when steve walks in the house and he's like oh that smell and it's like that's dead dead grandma yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i'm sure that i'm sure that you guys have had like older family members pass away have you ever had one that you lived with or that you you kind of uh spent like you know months of the time at like a house that they lived yeah. in i, yeah. I like away? didn't live with but i visited like my my um like what do you call them like step grandparents i guess you could call them. um yeah. like she her mother who was like nearly 100 and something and she used to wear like one of those white, you know, those white long sleeve nighties, the creepy ones that are always in horrors. And yeah, she like, she's blind as well. She'd gone blind by that time. And um, she was like creepy as fuck, like, yeah. because she could barely speak much anymore, but she would always grab you. Like, oh, man, in a really, great. what a great combination. Really way. And like, you'd be like, <laughs> and like, she'd be, yeah. and like, Grabby, grabby, yeah. and oh, yeah, yeah um, it was 
and being fed and all of that jazz. Wait, was she in like a home or something like that? No, she lived, the family members like shared her around like for like six months or so at a time. So she'd stay in a room, you know, they'd have like a bedroom for her and they she'd move between the different brothers and sisters, like to give yeah. everyone a break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, often, I, yeah, I used to I'd go there and it, she'd be there for the her time visit and I'd be like, it was just super awkward. I remember having to share a room with her once and like they had all those old school, like, you know, those rickety beds that are like almost have a bump like this yes. and you lay on them and it goes... And like, you know, and then they've got sheets and stuff that are like, you can't breathe. And like, it's just, you know, and they tuck you in so tight. And um, yeah, I remember sharing a room with her and it was a bit creepy creepster. She was lovely, but it was creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, sounds, that sounds really creepy. So my, my one, grandpa, one of my grand one of my yeah. grand oh I'll go real quick. Uh, one of my grandpas uh, died suddenly and I actually found his body, which was pretty traumatizing. Oh. I was eight. The time. Oh, um, and yeah, that that wasn't great. The other grandpa had a stroke and mm. was at diminished capacity physically and mentally for a long time, and basically was posted up in like the living room in yeah one of those weird hospital beds the that Renee's thingies. talking about. Yeah, and even though he had was not easy for him to to to, to speak, he insisted on trying to speak all the time. Um, yeah, got to be very annoying it, it, very quickly. A common, uh, common symptom. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, like, you should. Nobody understands what you're fucking saying. Yeah, yeah. and they just keep trying. <laughs> and just like, like, do you want this? You look. You want to change the program? What are you looking for? Like, what? What? what it is must it? be painful though, because yeah. I imagine your cognition, primarily, That's... or your is fine inside. Your yeah, I mean, depending on, depending on like. Your, Depending on how severe the stroke is, like uh, there's there's some people that have a stroke where they lose the ability to talk almost entirely, but then their brain is just that's got to be fucking a living nightmare. Well, that's like, ALS. My aunt had that uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, which is like it, you're just as sharp as ever. Your body just basically stops working. Yeah, which is absolutely like maybe my worst nightmare, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's so, actually what happened to. Luckily, uh, it's in Harrison. my family, right? Anyway. <laughs> See, my 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 worst nightmare is uh, is going blind. Because I couldn't like watch movies or like do anything. I'd hate to anymore. go blind. I'd go yeah. deaf over blind any day. But I just yeah, um... I, I am like a little bit deaf, but I'm definitely like going blind would be my nightmare. But uh so I, I had I had one grandpa that was like uh that had like Alzheimer's kind of and was in that kind of thing. But yeah. my other my other grandpa was going to move into our house, um, which is actually why this like the basement that I stream out of is actually pretty cool. Like we have a bathroom installed in it. Yeah, I, it, it was know, like set up for that. So yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So Americans um, in their basements and his uh, attics. His... You guys are you guys made horror for that reason. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, so, oh, oh, let's my... go in the attic or the basement that has no lights, that's gross and danky, and let's take a tiny little torch because you know nothing's going to happen. And, and coming from California, <laughs> there's no basements because earthquakes. Mm. So that that's something. That, I mean, I'm I'm literally in a basement right now. I mean, I'm in a formless void with well, my logo you know, behind. You know me, the but, thing yeah. in this movie where it does that nice shot because this house, the house in this film is so beautiful. Oh, it's great. And yeah. and I like turned to my housemate and I went, imagine having a house like that and not having to worry about a bushfire. Yeah, well, it's in, it's in Utah on this too, so it's like the 
It looks way more luscious than I assumed Utah would look mm. like. To be honest, uh, southern Utah. Yeah. So people only think of like Salt Lake, right? They yeah. think of yeah. like um, area like Salt Lake City and like a, I can't remember the city above it. But like, there's a whole southern mid to southern Utah is actually gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. There's like five national parks that are, that are down there, and they're each one of them is incredible. Like it's yes, it feels like a different state entirely. If all you ever know, which for years all I knew was literally driving through or playing Salt Lake City and driving on the next show. And like I was like, oh, Utah blows, and I was like, well, oh what's wait, it like took a show full of Mormons. I mean, <laughs> not everybody in Salt Lake City is is Mormon, but all the alcohol is uh, that lower percentage, uh, like whatever they, they they like dial the alcohol level down, Let, and, level down, which is hilarious, especially if you play like Reno the night before. Where's Nevada? It's like we don't care. <laughs> Booze yeah, for everybody. Slot machines on every uh, corner. You know, I think Utah is so like dry. Also, is that like I've been to Arizona. Like I ran around Arizona for like yeah. a, for like a couple weeks um, when I was like I don't know like fifteen or sixteen. But like I've never been to Utah. So I just I picture I think Arizona. Which is funny because so if you go to northern Arizona, it starts getting kind of like lush and 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 more mountainous, and then that is what becomes uh, the southern part of Utah, which you have like um, uh, Zion and Canyonlands and uh, Arches and stuff like that. Anyway, gorgeous area. (laughs) It's it's amazing. Moab's actually kind of like an artist friendly location too. It's also expensive as hell, but like there's a lot of like uh, artists and and people that live there. Obviously, completely outnumbered by uh, all of the. The religious conservatives that yeah. <laughs> are are over there. Anyway, oh, wait, so, so, wait, so, what I, so I was what I was saying with the thing with my uh, my grandpa that um so he was gonna move into here. He ended up uh, passing away because he had cancer for like fifteen years. Like and they yeah. kept saying like you have six months to live, but he lived for like yeah. another fifteen years. He was like he had a he had a will. He was a hangers so he was, on. He was he was like he was like an enigma. Like he was really like hard to understand for that an enigma wrapped in cancer and yeah (laughs) but um but the other thing and he was like an artist and his house that he had bought in maine um Mm -hmm. was like in the middle of nowhere like it's like on an island and was built in the 1800s and had been like the home of like uh like there's kind of a legendary ghost thing where this woman's uh husband died i think he bought it for this reason he thought it was Mm -hmm. cool but like this woman's husband died and she would like uh watch the sea to like on, on the top floor she would watch to see everybody would say to like you know because like she died before her husband came home and um oh, so we had all these ghostly experiences where like lights would turn on and off when he died and like the car lights and i think it was like faulty like there was a lot of mice and it was like faulty electricity but like in your head right like somebody passes away and then all of a sudden like the lights start going on and off his car light would go on and off like all of this stuff it felt like kind of something like this where it was like extremely haunting and like sometimes like my mom was where she still saw him walking around like the house in Maine, like all of these different kind of like almost uh, occultist things on top of him having this like huge library that was like how to hex somebody like Aleister Crowley's books, like all this, like all this stuff about like Eastern religion and philosophy. And like, so I, it feels very um, apt to this movie in some ways, like, cause I, I remember being a kid and like swearing, I saw his like face in like a, like I don't know, like in a pattern on a tile that was like really old or something like sure. all of those kinds of things where it's like all of a sudden, like you see some, something like that and then you look back and it, you know, it doesn't look like that anymore. But he was this artist that made like this debris art and he would put like all these faces on like uh, he would like make faces out of old buoys and like um, like lobster traps and like he'd do these like crazy art contraptions. And he alters the Dagon in there at all? Or <laughs> but all, all of his art was like was like really abstract and like almost like Picasso-esque. Like it would be like these faces right. made out of all this stuff. And then at some point, like as a kid, right after you lose your, you know, your grandparent, like it's almost like you start seeing faces places too. And it's like this movie, kind of all of that with her miniatures and 
uh like you know seeing like a like a grandparent or something or like you know like a family member that kind of feels like they're still walking around and like the hauntingness and the atmosphere of this whole movie kind of reminds me of that mm. yeah there's a lot of that and like if there's people who are into that kind of stuff the folky and you know all that kind of creepy stuff the you know the god paymon that is talked about in this film is is based on like a really controversial grimoire called the Goetia, the Lesser King Key of Solomon of King, which is really weird and interesting to read. Yeah, which I quoted in the. You put it in the thing, yeah. Yeah. This is where I wish I had a reading rainbow drop. Da na na. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it it is very controversial grimoire too. Like it is, you know. But um, yeah, all of that, like yeah, there's all that weird, creepy. Like you think of the. You know, just like all the symbolisms and the words and stuff. I love how um, Annie is also so meticulous that when she's doing the little miniature dioramas, that she's even writing the words on the wall. Right, right, yeah. And so, and you start, as you're watching the film, you're like, why? She's not into all this shit. Where's it coming from? And then you realise, oh, yeah, the mother was there for hospice. Yeah. So she's obviously been going around the house doing shit, writing shit. Yeah. And all over the place and, like, you know, above. Well, she writes the, she writes the, the entire chant out. Yeah, so she's got the yeah, pandemonium and um, <laughs> what's the other one? Lichen. Reading Grimoire, reading Grimoire. <laughs> <laughs> um, you didn't yeah, have that show, did you, Did you, Renee? But this is a, Which show? the LeVar Burton Reading Rainbow show. Uh, no. Huge, huge no. year. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, yeah. especially when me and Cotton were kids. Yeah, the, the the key thing was that they would like you know they'd have a kid like rec- like read a book and then like recommend it and then it'd be like da na na and they would do like that would be the end of the segment so obviously the grimoire would be like na na yes. and they would go to the great show very wholesome yes very wholesome we'll look it up yeah but the, yeah just, uh, they, that, replaced, um... they replaced uh, Drew Barrymore with uh, Lavar Burton as the as the well, um, I think like, I might have seen national, something about this. the national book reviewers uh, whatever because like you know drew barrymore didn't support you oh so sure like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just replaced her with lavar burton as like the national uh association of libraries dinner or whatever which so is like, weird yeah, because depending on how old you are you guys this fucking library dude like <laughs> you either know him from star trek as jordy you either know him from reading rainbow or you knew him from roots which is like one of his first roles which is crazy but anyway yeah continue renee sorry dude oh no yeah i was just gonna say yeah so you've got like those bits like you know even in the you know, one of the rooms you you see on the wallpaper the the symbol, yeah, yeah, as well. yes, yes. And then you know, above Charlie's in Charlie's room, you know, when she's comforting her and asking her if she's sad after the funeral, you you know, she's got Satoni written there, which is means necromancy. And then later on, you see, um, yeah, like the words, um, yeah, pandemonium and and liftoch, which means like open, and pandemonium is chaos. And like they're there later as everything starts to turn to shit. And then you start to kind of realize that the you know the cult members are actually actively you know creating these things going on like you know yeah like the impromptu seance was not so impromptu you know yeah well things like that it was an invocation it wasn't actually a seance it's like she gives her the the thing yeah yeah because you know and then when she's doing the seancing stuff later she's doing a regular you know regular seance and, and it seems like it seems like charlie's attached somehow to the spirit payment because when her head is taken off they both leave the, the yeah uh, so she's bound body. she's being yeah. bound to <clears throat> at birth from birth if you dig into the nuggies um she's been there from birth and so you know essentially charlie's never been charlie ever yeah. you know she was that's then that's the purpose of the clicking 
is which the, is again that's the only way she can, can communicate like yeah which, she's so back and for everybody it. that thinks talking about all these uh grandparents that uh, lost their faculties it all went back around jerks that's right yeah it was yeah. relevant but yeah and then you see yeah you know you've got that the click click thing <laughs> happening and then even i love that scene when peter goes yeah. Like, and you're just yeah. like, whoa! Yeah, it's like, it's ah! so good. And like, you're like, you know, but like the um, when they when the, they describe who Payman is, by the way, it says uh, he can teach all arts and scientists and other secret things. He can discover unto thee what the earth is, what holdeth up the waters, and what mind is, and where it is, and any other thing thou mayest desire to know. So essentially, you'd be invoking him, and you have to give him some kind of offering, like according to the Goatia, mm -hmm. and uh, he comes down and pretty much gives you information. But it just seems like you're calling somebody, like he's kind of compared in like this den of geek thing that I was reading to like almost like a genie. Like, you, <laughs> like you, you're kind of calling this guy down to like, you're like, tell me all the secret things. It's like- Yeah, yeah, it's weird. What and is the it secret friend. They always want to know the too, secret you know? things. They're like, I want to know the secret things. Like, tell me the powers. And it's like, yeah. Whatever, dude. Just roll around in the nude with your thing again. There, there, are we? There's are we, so uh, many people so comfortable with being band, naked. Uh, Conan yes, and, and, and yeah, and really comfortable with being naked. Just so like, many people so oh, comfortable with being oh, naked. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're naked. What well, we like? It. We were saying it last night. Like, why are cults naked? Like, why do you have yeah, to be naked all the time? I feel like well, that's that's kind of like just people to be like totally willing to enter a cult, but like I gotta be naked. Ooh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay with the babies, but I'm not taking my pants off. Yeah. You, out, you, you could be the not only you could be like Tobias. I don't want to watch everyone else being naked and jangling around and shit. Jangling, <laughs> jangling around. You could be like you could be like uh, <laughs> Tobias. Tobias from from. Oh, and development. Made a never nude. Like a never nude. You're like, look, I I got to wear the jeans. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> also, yeah. you're doing practical things, right? As well, like I want. I remember very quick sidetrack. I remember watching a really old, like you know, sixties or seventies documentary about a nudist camp, and I remember like it's just wrong town. Like you're watching yeah. people like fixing stuff and Cooking. doing like activities <laughs> and shit. I'm like, put all your shit back in. Yeah, my oh, grandparents spent their hazard. honeymoon at a nudist colony. And then bought land like a few miles from where that nudist colony is. So every time I, you know, growing up visiting my grandparents, like, oh, that's where that's the nudist colony where your grandparents honeymooned. Mm -hmm. so I was I was reading old. about um, I was reading about the the Sullivanian psychoanalysis cult, which mm -hmm. was a cult in like the fifties to the seventies, where it was a bunch of uh, therapists that decided like they were doing these radical experiments on everybody in this cult, where they're like, oh, just sleep with whoever you want, drink as yeah, much as you course. want, yeah, yeah and sleep with whoever like, you want, that's the like, key. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah. like the, the guy. The guy when she got brought down, one of the reasons is because everybody was like, "Yeah, he was like making like women suck his dick during the, the therapy sessions. Like that was part of the therapy." But ah, like, shocking. Of course, it was part of the therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, but that it was like this building or whatever. They had all their like the, the, the therapeutic people. The guy wasn't even a licensed therapist. They found out later. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> would it made it better if he was? They were like the west. They were in the the, the upper west side in New York City, and they had like this yeah. huge building, and everybody was like, like they had they could point to someone and be like, sleep with him, and then they'd have to do it. So, Cults, yeah, man. my idea of a fun time. I'd be like, fuck off. And of course, they're all like weedy, gross dudes, like old men and shit, and they're just like, this is a. You know what I want to do? I want to start a cult because I just want to have sex with lots of women, and then if I tell yeah. them it's important because we'll get the powers and the knowledge, yeah. then they'll do it. Ah, it's coming yeah. any day now. They weren't even saying that though. This cult that I'm talking about, like he was just like, "Oh, if you want to get fixed, you, you if you want your yeah, brain if to you get want fixed. to get fixed, yeah, you need to suck my dick." <laughs> At least it rhymes. 
<laughs> yeah. So we can make a song song about it. With some clipping at the end. I'll get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, the guy that ran the the cult was uh, married and divorced six times and had ten kids no. by the end of it. No, you. you don't say. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, it's surprising. Um, I was going to say, what a scene, one scene I was talking about with a friend, and they, they didn't get it the first time, and um, was the um, the scene, you know, at the school when Joan is out out across the road yeah, yelling. Like, look, yeah, look, yeah, and yeah. like, well, we're you know, ask, what do you guys think about Joan, like that that character? Well, she's she's stepping in for Ellen. You know what I yeah. mean? Like she's a she's she's an evil bitch. And, and Dad's she's, a great actress too. She's she's an awesome. She's amazing. She's an awesome actually, that chick actress. I watched. And, and um, she's so uncomfortable the way she touches everybody. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, There's, even in the car park, the car park when she's getting paint supplies, and she's like, Annie, Annie. I'm like, get the fuck away yeah, from no, me, woman. No, no. I would have been like slimy. To there's, me, there's I would also like there's there's a classic head. there's like a classic sales technique to it too, where it's like mm. when someone's talking about like a seance, they're like, I didn't believe it myself until yeah, yeah. I went, there was know, all these right, skeptics. Right. I love it like, how she goes. There was a neurologist skeptic. Dear Penthouse, I never believed it could happen <laughs> until it happened to me. Yeah, you know what I was thinking? <laughs> what was that? Um, what was that book? This was an American thing, but we had it here for a little while, and it was like a small book. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It was the something I forget. Necronomicon. No, 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 no! It came out in every day. Like we wives and shit would read it, yeah. and it was men are from Mars like... and women are from Venus. <laughs> no, it came out every month. It was like a, a ongoing uh, thing. I'll have to look it up. But Reader's it Digest. Came... Yes. Okay. Ah, it's ah what do I win? Yeah. yeah. We used to come out the all the time, and we've got it. Here. And they used to have stories like this kind of shit peppered yeah. throughout like everyday content which i used yeah. to find really creepy like no but my like grandmother would have like yeah. a stack of them from like 1972 in the bathroom and because um, yeah. like bradbury and stuff yeah no well, it was no, like the most great. read it was like the most read uh magazine for a long time like but also my grandmother never threw yeah. anything away that too great. that's why i remember seeing it and old people old people used to have it everywhere but um it was sort of yeah, like I, I like to I like to give the impression that I read a lot, but I don't actually read a lot. Well, I have I have I, the book that talks about all the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I read your digest condensed version. I'm good. You you got to condense. Yeah, it's it's like just add water. I I can figure out what happens in the rest of it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough. I know I know what happened. I got the broad strokes. <laughs> While on the Sorry. pot. Probably I don't know. I feel like I'm. I feel like uh, I love coming on this podcast because I feel like I'm in a a weird little classroom with all my dude mates. <laughs> I guess that's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, it's, it's um, kind of like, I, I, I always think like describing what a movie podcast is like, is kind of like describing what a book club is. Like we all yeah. watch a movie and we talk about it. Look, it's, it's funnier than it seems, but it's like every week we all watch a movie and then we discuss it. And it's like, this is, sometimes this is we talk about it in depth, it? but it's very clever and very funny and sometimes baffling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say that scene where Joan is yelling out at Peter. Um, yeah, my friend was like, oh, didn't didn't sort of get it. And I was like, hang on. I was like, roll it back. You know, like when you rewatch it, watch it again. And I'm like, I was like, you know, when Joan's yelling, get out. She's not talking to like, you know, at first you think she's yelling at the demon to get out. It's the right. opposite. She's yelling at Peter to get the yeah, fuck she, out. Yeah, she's saying, Peter, get out. Yeah, yeah, she means Peter, get out so that the, the yeah. demon can have 
have your body do. Oh, wait, wait. I, I, I want to say the thing about the, the Solovanian thing I was talking about. Uh, Judy Collins was a member of that, like, was one of the women of in that Of course she was. And, all those, all those and old actors. It connects love to this. Shit. It connects to this movie because it's the Judy Collins both side now uh, thing that plays at the during the credits of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sides now. That's yeah. Funny. Wow. Now, yeah. now the thing about that scene, uh, if somebody was screaming at a school in America in twenty, you know, whatever, twenty three, uh, yeah, Probably yeah, wouldn't be, wouldn't they would be arrested. Right. Like even when this movie or, came out, she, or like, a tactical dad would shoot her. Yeah, yeah. shoot her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to say tactical dad, by the way, but. Yeah. Yeah. Tactical dad. He's like a dad that has the guns. <laughs> as a as a parent, I can I can tell you this right now. They they would actually the school would actually call you and be like, yeah, today we've had a a a, a um uh so, yeah. someone outside the school yelling. Yo, and the, dad was wilding out outside the school yeah. today. <laughs> um, Diva, I don't know, even know. Like we had we had like a weird. Second, no one no one else is noticing but him. You know, he's just yeah. like. What's going on? You know. Well, that makes you think if when you don't know what's going on, it's like, is he? Is this for real? Is he just imagining mm. this? Like, what is this? Like, a well, ghost? that what scene in it? the the scene in the classroom is quite disturbing. Like, if you were sitting in the room with him, and and let's just say his teacher is fucking dreadful. Oh, his yeah. teacher is like a piece of piss. He's just like, ooh, like nothing we, we at all. Like, if we had like a mentally, that, we have, we have like a mentally challenged guy that would come around and yell at kids. Uh, like, because the middle school in New Paltz is like in the middle of the town, and like Sorry. kids would be playing soccer or something, and come out and start yelling yeah. at them. Like, nobody oh. ever called the cops on that. Guy. I thought like, like you just come into the classroom, like, hey kids, no, no, he's like yeah, yelling. Walk, he walk around yeah. the middle school soccer field, and uh, I didn't go to the middle school in New Paltz, but I witnessed. What just loose? Before. He was just right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he worked at like he worked at the grocery store uptown, so he would just kind of wandering around. And so as he yeah. walk walk across the soccer field and start yelling at everybody everyone thought that was fine or like they were yeah you know what we had this is so i have to bring it up because it's bad but funny tactical um, dad believes in q they're coming for you they're coming for your kid they're coming for mine no behind yeah behind my high school there was another high school uh, and the high yeah. that high school was for people who were mentally challenged of some type. Oh, somebody thought that was a good idea, huh? All right. Yeah. Mm. And so they built a, a, a like wire fence. Of high schools. They put like a wire fence, right? But the wire fence didn't go all the way because they didn't think the kids would be smart enough to. <laughs> wow. Wow. So they thought the wow. fence would just, you know, they just assumed the fence kept going, but it didn't. And there was one kid, <laughs> one kid who would always come around the fence and he'd try and pick you up in his fucking bus or whatever it was he was pretending to drive and like he would always come <laughs> over and they would always be like they would be like mental like they were just like not mental not the kids us but like all the kids would be going nuts and like you know and and the teachers would be like oh my god like trying to get the the kid back and then eventually they were like i think we should schedule lunch times and break times at different periods oh yeah so yeah there's an idea yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? and i was like yeah but like did you have you did you have you know i don't know if in america has this but in australia you had bin duty where like certain days you would have to go like a, you and the two friends or whatever would have to go around the school and pick a rabbit proof fence <laughs> and you'd have to pick up rubbish Good right difference. and this oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to take the the, the waste paper basket out. Sure, sure. And, um, yeah, okay. One yeah. of the other duties was one of the other duties was um, what do you call it? Like 
don't want to say the real word here because it's very un-PC, but it was like a Judy, let's just say, but it was like veggie Judy, let's just, so bad. And that's what the kids in high school would call it. And that was when you got sent to that school to Uh, look after some children from there. Oh, wow. Instead of doing bin Judy. And you only got to do that if you were perceived as being a particularly, you know, good kid or whatever. And unfortunately for me, that was me. So I spent a lot of time over there wiping snotty noses and whatnot. And now you're on this show. (laughs) Yeah. It prepared you well. (laughs) When I was was a teenager, I got uh, sent away upstate to like a really weird, creepy school that felt kind of culty. And there was there was one building that like that I was in or whatever that they're like oh th- these are the kids that are you know whatever and then the other building they're like these are the kids that are like much like they had like severe mental problems mm-hmm. or whatever but like everyone would have to share the cafeteria so they'd have to like bring them in in shifts and everyone well that, like, that yeah thank God we didn't share because it would have been horrible for them like one of them like died when I was there. But you one, know, one you know kids, what? I can't this, swim. This kid's like this kid was like kind of fat, and he's like let heart the kid drive out. the bus. Just let him drive the bus, would you? <laughs> kid, this kid's 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 like heart he was a happy, happy dude. Of, yeah. yeah, he likes it. He loved. He, he was a really happy dude. He likes but driving. Yeah, it. Let him to, drive it. Um, it is awful, Abby. I'm with you. Um, yeah, I can't <laughs> swim. Right, never been able to swim. I have things with my lungs. Right, so okay. never been able to swim. Just bringing out my trauma here, past trauma. I so say, I was, yeah, we could be, should be paying for this content. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was put in the swimming class, which was also started with a V. What I mentioned earlier, so it was the V <laughs> swimming class. Uh-huh. So yeah, I was the only non mentally challenged person in that class, and we used they all just used to sit and go crazy, and I used to just sit there like having a fun time with my kickboard like right, just right, like right. and all my friends were over the other side you know doing dives and shit and they'd be like and then they'd come see me and I'd be just like floating around and I'd be yeah. like that's my class over there yeah, and they'd yeah. all be like yeah I'm going, going I'm going crazy yeah yeah and I'd be just like I'm just doing nothing just wilding yes growing up at the end yeah 100% <laughs> definitely so I've definitely had been in those awkward situations Many of them. Yeah. Have you guys I, ever like had any experiences with like cults? Like, they're, like this. Cults are, they're, I mean, there's cults that are around. Like, there's a lot of them. Like, mm. I feel like I feel like as uh, especially like in America, I don't know about like other countries. As we kind of lose our meaning as a society, which I think is gone, like far gone. Right? Oh, like, that that's gone by design. And, yeah. and it's gone by design, so it can be filled up with other stuff. And so a lot yeah. of these well, organizations it can be with, like, are... you know, whether it's consumerism or, like, fundamentalist religion or whatever. Yeah. But, like, uh, there's plenty of people that get involved in cults for that reason. And I, I feel like there's a lot of cults, at least in Probably pay better than rock and roll, frankly. I should get well, into that. Yeah, you know, I mean, Australia has a lot of them. If you're at the upper echelon. Yeah. If, yeah. You're, if you're at the lower echelon, if you just join a cult, it does not pay. Definitely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you gotta, you gotta start it. It's like a pyramid yeah, scheme. Yeah. You gotta be top of the pyramid, right? Exactly. Yeah. My, my, uh, you need my a lot dad, of made off. My dad's girlfriend escaped from a cult, and her husband, that's now in prison, was like at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. I don't know what cult, but um, no, but like I, I feel like these kind of cult Nexium. things, right? Like, there's, <laughs> there's it's called like MSNBC. A, I, I, I felt like it was next year because because they said it. Like my dad wouldn't tell me what cult it was. But he was like, oh, it's in upstate New York. And Nexium, they, they found them all in upstate New York. But I couldn't find the guy's name. I don't know what the guy's name was. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like with these cult kind of things, uh, 
like the, the sense of community and stuff like the the rules of it right like because people are trying to find meaning in this way like the rules of it whether it's something like being naked or like you know kind of forcing people to <laughs> be naked give me all your like, money if you yeah, have like, assets or money please give them to me and i'll look <laughs> after them but like I, why is know, being naked such a big part of being in a cult that is a question i would like to have answered in a serious manner like it's, it's um, if there has I, to be I a think, real reason why I, I think a lot of it has to do with like the sexual revolution and yeah. uh the idea that like society's rules on nudity and yeah like, yeah free standards. love come over here yeah. we're doing all that some other stuff too but just come over here and into this locked area <laughs> so i i feel like i feel like Conan, you dress like a cult leader already apparently yeah. how dare you <laughs> how dare you sir madam you could have a pulpit yes yeah, sure i mean look promo i need to do promo photos again at some point why not why not i mean i i feel like i feel like part of it is like you know, we already have kind of oppressive rules and like morals and standards around our society. And so in order to uh, build a society where you have other rules, right? Like, or you're breaking those rules, um, yeah. you kind of need to form some kind of, uh, you know, Sorry. ecosystem of, comments. well, you have, you have to form some kind of ecosystem of your own, and which is what a cult kind of is, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And so part of that is like, as the sexual revolution kind of went on, like, uh, people are like, well, we, we do want to be naked, like, and we can't be naked. You know, at normal places, we got to find a fucking That's on screen. Community. Because you can't hide your stolen money if you're naked. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, that's that's the one guy wearing clothes is the cult leader. You never trust that guy. <laughs> exactly. You he's the he's one guy that gets to carry around the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can't steal nothing if you're naked. That's true. But it's hard to run away, too. Looks weird, at yeah. least. But a lot of this grab, kind it's of a lot harder to grab someone. I mean, you got to grab an appendage. You got to watch where you grab, yeah. <laughs> A lot, a lot of the, nobody lot wants of to grab the naked guy. Has no, like, <laughs> you're like, sorry, I can't. Back on boat was afraid. Other cult members. I don't know, but like part part of the thing is like a lot of the stuff from cults over the last like half century um, have appeared in psychiatry in various forms. Like a lot of the people mm -hmm. that start these cults are psychiatrists or. Uh, I appreciate your diligence in finishing this story, by the way, because like it's. <laughs> yes. it's I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going quite off the rails here, so yeah. Continue, please. No, I'm being serious. Continue, yeah. Boris, keep going. I, I was just saying there was a lot of distraction. Go, go ahead. No, I'm not. I'm not telling you a story. I'm just saying, like, I, just to talk about cults in general, like, you know, yeah. to, like to bring it back to this movie, right? Like uh, that kind of fundamental thing where it's like bringing people into some kind of spiritual movement or some kind of spiritual communion yeah um and like the nudity and you know these rules and kind of having spiritual some kind of elevation mental yeah. uh um uh, balancing there's also, yeah um, there's yeah, also that thing, like you know like we were talking about earlier that the film centers on like all these schizophrenic things but mm -hmm. in actual fact it's we're, we're teetering on the demonic and like you see that with even in the interview you showed earlier with alex and um I've forgotten her name. I'm sorry. Um, the Charlie's actress. I've forgotten her name. Um, oh, uh, that's uh, Millie Shapiro. Millie, yeah. So when when they when in that interview they even touched on it, where you know where the dude who looks like he's probably not watched the film at all, when he says like you know, um, and then she says I don't want to say anything because it might. Yeah. You know, oh, he's definitely watched the film because he's surprised throughout this interview that she's not. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. But he's probably just watched the trailer, like, because a lot of people I know. One of the things that you know, if you look up hereditary, there's so much about like hereditary. What does Charlie have? Like, blah blah blah. And it is really poignant that in this film, nobody throughout the entire film 
like references that Charlie has anything whatsoever. Everyone else has psychiatric disorders, but Charlie doesn't have any. It's only everyone just assumes that she's got autism or something yeah, going on. Yeah. But in actual fact, it's never actually said. And then, you know, I think that's, you know, it's clearly deliberate because, you know, like with the, you know, all the behaviours that she's doing make complete sense when you go back and think that she's possessed by payment. You know, all the, like, cutting the bird's head off and, like, yeah. you know, yeah. all of these things are very similar. And the fact that she can still see the grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. And that she, yeah, she was super close with the grandmother and that's the way she's affected when the grandmother dies and she's like, I want her back, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And just that weird, you know, the weird tension even when Annie's like, when she's like, who, you know, I want, you know, I want her, like when she's outside and she sees the her grandma in the fire and then she grabs her and's like, how dare you go outside barefoot and no jacket, which is still weird to me, but anyway. Well, and, and like going deeper on this, like I haven't even thought about it until we're having this conversation when she pulls her head out of the window and she's freaking out. Like you could think about it as yeah. her, as payment actually trying to escape her body. Yeah. Rather than kind of having rather that allergy. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Payment's actually trying to escape her body and then her head hits the pole and yeah. flies off and payment escapes. Like and you, also the, you yeah. see the flickering of light everywhere, which a lot of people didn't pick up the first time. Yeah. The, there's like that white blue light is always flickering around when Payman's about to sort of, you know, funky. And it's in the room. It's in the room a lot. It's in um, in the classroom scene. You see the light flickering following Peter. Like, and and that's all throughout as well. Like when you, but yeah, the, it's definitely like a two thing. And you can take it either way with the thing with the pole. Is is she having, is she in, a, in a, you know, having anaphylactic shock or is Payman actually trying to get out? Well, because it's got payment symbol on it. Like I said, it's it's at exactly. the uh, yeah. earlier. Like and again, I did not catch that the first go round. I'm not that astute, mm. but yeah. Like no, no, but that's but, the thing. but I definitely remember being like, why, I like about why are we on this? You know, like, layers and upon layers upon layers, and all those little nuggets everywhere. That the more you watch it, you actually start to appreciate how good this, the film like is and how well it was written, right. because there's just so much of this little stuff that he's thought about, which you know is. And it's told in an order that doesn't give away the story. Like I said, so I, I noticed that it focused on the telephone pole. Like, I was like, that's weird that he's, like, hanging on this telephone pole here. I wonder why. And then, like, later on, obviously, I, I you know, we, we all know it's why. One of the, isn't it? It's still one of the best scenes, though. Like, oh, sure. Because you, you go in with this slow, it's a slow burn at the beginning, and you're like, this is, you know, I'm anxious, and it's doomy, and I don't know why. Yeah. And then, and then you're like this slow, slow burn. And then it's just like, doo, 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 poo, there goes my sister's head. And you're like, fuck me. You're like, is this going to happen? I've always yeah. wondered, you know, when you, when you're a kid and you put your, like the dog's head out or your own head and they're like, you know, if you <laughs> yeah. do, put your fucking head back in, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like what are you doing? parents yeah. will be screaming at you to get your head back in. And I'm like, yeah, this is like, why? Cause your head don't those... get knocked off. It's one of those things that like your your parents uh like always tell you like hey put your head in you you don't want them to like you know you don't want something to take off your head and like yeah. it, it does happen every once in a while like you hear stories in the news where it's like the simpsons uh that was like one of the best running gags was that uh, they always you know talked about the kid who lost his arm in the bus and they, yeah. they kind of hinted that it's the uh the guy who runs the army navy shop with the missing arm yeah yeah the, he's the kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the, yeah, all those things, but like the head out the door, like, you know, out the door is, was always brought up when I was a kid. Cause you'd be cruising around in the, you know, in the, yeah. in the outback <laughs> when I was, you know, in the country when I was growing up. And so you'd always be have your head out and shit looking at 
animals or it was super hot, whatever it might be. I, I was I'm like, kind of, um, and it'd yeah. be like, don't put your tongue out. Cause right. like, yeah, you can stick to it. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Oh, here, here is don't stick your tongue out. Like put on the pole. People would say you, your tongue stuck to the pole. Oh like, yeah. That's no, no. Yeah, we've all seen Christmas. Yeah. They'd be like, don't stick your tongue out. <laughs> like, like thingies will shit on it. Um, like, so they'd be like, don't, if you, you know, when kids like always, put, I hate it how people do selfies with their tongue out. Yeah. Like, and yeah, be like, if you, if you, yeah, if you have your tongue out, it'll like the flies will shit on it. I, I'm kind of. <laughs> so your parents would be like, the flies. Flies. I always look at shit on it. People see their tongue out like that in selfies. I always like, sometimes you notice like someone hasn't brushed their teeth, they'll have like the, the white on their tongue. And it's yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. Put that tongue back yeah. in your mouth. Um, no, but I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by like the, I guess um, the intersection between like uh, psychoanalytic, you know, that like like that as a science, cults, and like the occult, like because there is a lot of crossover. Like, and, and, like uh, of course, like well, the easiest one is you know they all kind of uh, hope to possess people by a certain thing, right? Like, like th there's a lot of crossover between like cults and religions and like like the government too, like experiments because they all want to kind of quote unquote like brainwash or like control people through like mental techniques and that kind of uh, plays into the same thing as like exorcisms where they're trying to exercise a spirit or like you know uh dissociative dis disorders or like all these different things where you know there's the thought that like there's some way that you can control people by um by kind of forcing them into that situation i feel like this movie touches on the the um what do you call it the venn diagram between cults psychoanalytics and uh and like the occult like yeah perfectly Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's even like, you know, they there's that I find, you know, you you see Annie's frustration when she's trying to explain this stuff to Steve and he's like, I can't do this with you anymore. You Again. Know? She's like, no, no, it's real. Like But you have to you have to understand, right, that like that's probably not the first time they've had a conversation like that. And yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's and what's so as it goes along, you start to see, right? And as that's what's so deeply tragic is that like they're both right in that situation. She mm. wants to be heard, and like he's like, "Oh, this again, Jesus," yeah, <laughs> you know, like again, yeah. And and that's that is another like layer of the the blooming onion of tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is this film. The blooming onion. We there's no such thing as a blooming onion in Australia. I know you. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. There is no blooming onion. We do not eat blooming onions. We yeah. don't even know what it is. You guys made it up. Nobody, well, nobody drinks sauce. Just, you know. And you keep telling us that we eat it. We don't. We've the never. Eaten the company it. that I believe that owns Outback Steakhouse is Bloomin' Bloomin Incorporated. Like right. Yeah. Like that's the the company that fucking. It was like, it's, it's, it's located in like uh, I don't, it's like some Midwest city. Like it's located in the United States. They've never. Yeah. There's no connection. Like Salt Lake city, Yeah. Probably. No. It, and there's, you've got franchises all over it. And I've had so many, especially New Yorkers, but um, a lot of a lot of Americans say to me like, "Oh, our, Outback," and I'm like, "We don't fucking have it in Australia. It doesn't exist." And it's, B, most yeah, of the shit. We just call them Steakhouse. Thank you. Yeah, Roman like, brand yeah. located in Tampa, Florida. Of course it is. <laughs> it's just yeah, an appetizer at one of these mid-grade, like made-up thing that diners that have like margarita specials and, and yeah. whatnot that I wouldn't be caught dead at even on tour. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a really okay, cheesy fine, family restauranty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick before we do one-liners, I've managed to find a GIF that is the night today, um, mm. of the the light, and then when it's dark, you can see the cultists the cult that, that are on yeah. there. Um, and 
again, one of the freakiest scenes that I did not notice in any way, shape, or form the first time that I saw this was like, oh, okay, whoa, wild. Um, it, lots it of is, little things like that, like Renee is saying. It is pretty funny to me that like movies, like horror movies, when they talk about cults, right? Like it's always something like you know bringing back the devil or like uh, bring, like you know having somebody be possessed or like all these different things. And like real cults is just like, oh no, we're just trying to bilk you for money and like we just know, want you to be like, naked, give us money, and give us a blooming onion. That's all yeah. the three things that we want. <laughs> yeah, and some blowjobs. Yeah, it's the cult exactly. of the blooming onions, blowjobs, cult of the blooming onion. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, call it a day. <laughs> yes, blowjobs, blooming onions, and bills. The three Bs. Exactly. We're uh, the three B organization. <laughs> oh, what do the Bs stand for? Well, Letterbox <laughs> is, of course, a uh, social media site for film lovers to talk out within to each other about the films that they love, maybe the films that they didn't love, the films that they just kind of slowly stared at the wall and like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, it's nice as Siskels and Eberts of the world to get to have their say. Everybody gets to chime in. It's a bottom-up, open-source democracy, and everybody gets to uh, opine about whatever it is they just watched. This is best expressed succinctly for the purposes of this bit, uh, where you're uh, you, you don't you don't explain the entire plot like some movie trailers do now. We're like, why are you showing me the whole movie? I don't I don't need to see that. Uh, you just keep it tight, keep it succinct. Ideally, keep it funny. The purpose of this bit. These are the letterbox one-liners for Hereditary. Let's roll them. Never sticking my head out of a car again. <laughs> and and I love doing that so much when you know when you're in the breeze and it's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I love putting and and putting my arm out and waving. Sure. Yeah. The do doing doing the wave. Sure. Yeah. No. Just you know, like doing the ooh, catch that breeze when it's hot. Yeah, absolutely. But... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Andy's doing it over there. The dad just trying to get by while his whole family's getting possessed. <laughs> yeah, we, we touched on that. We did like... touch about that one, yeah. <laughs> it's true, man. He's just trying to have a nice day. They just Yeah, like, oh. you don't have a nice nice uh, hard liquor at the end of the day at work, you know? Yeah. Well, he's Irish. <laughs> he needs the spirit to fortify himself. All right. This is also what happens to me after no head. True. <laughs> wow. Bringing it back to the BJ. Check out that poster. Cooper, we need to uh, talk to you about this new yeah, organization. Cool. We call it the three Bs. I think you really <laughs> enjoy it. You, I hope you like blue. We're going to put a link in the after, you know, for how membership works. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be a Patreon to find out. <laughs> As someone with a nut allergy, I can confirm that it would be preferable to be decapitated by a pole in a moving vehicle rather than suffering through an allergic reaction. Hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't get a BJ because you have a nut allergy. <laughs> you don't get any head. Why am I so juvenile today? <laughs> today? I think it was me that just said that. <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that, guys. <laughs> You've been uh, you've been possessed by the spirit of that kid that was in the next the school uh, the next school over in the bar. <laughs> we got any uh, nut allergy folks in the audience, huh? Anyone? No, <laughs> nothing, huh? All right. I love when the whole theater says "Oh shit!" at the same time. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that that happened during um, Midsummer, like when the fucking when they when they had the old people 
like fall like go off the cliff or whatever yeah and like and then they had to come up with a hammer and kill the one old fucking old guy like everybody in the theater was just like ah fuck ah like at the same time <laughs> yeah it that's... also it also happened <laughs> it also happened when ken uh jumped on that car in the barbie movie and went uh and went and went uh my, what like he said something about it. he was like what about me and that one kid was like oh shit Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. At some point, horror movies all decided there's nothing scarier than a naked guy. I mean, it's true, though. You know Can you imagine Freddy Krueger just showing up naked? Well, yeah, like, everyone's really bitching crazy. about the leather yeah. pants. It's, it's a guy that kind of looks like a double duck. It's gonna be a middle-aged naked guy. It's like a middle-aged man with a like a not that big a dick that looks and like a, and a pop belly. Like he's not, you know what I mean? Like, cause, like, it's certain kinds of naked men. It's like mm-hmm. you go to the gym locker room, and it's that kind of naked man. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the dude who works at the oh, bank. Oh wow, Christina just came onto the stream. <laughs> <laughs> the role of Christina was played by this, uh, this action figure. The Wolfman, the Wolfman with the guitar, with the Les Paul. See. Word. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, see, see, this is yeah. just like hereditary. You got to look in the corners for the weird the, stuff. Uh, the Alex, the, the Alex Wolfman. <laughs> the Alex Wolfman. That's good. That's good. There I am. Speaking there. of which, Alex Wolfman, screaming, crying, covered in blood, spit hanging out of his mouth. Me, despite this, I want you to rearrange my guts. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how you could turn this movie into a horny post, but. They did it. There it is. Letter, Letterboxd finds a way. <laughs> Might not agree with this King Payment guy's methods, but you have to admit he's got some pretty good ideas. <laughs> well, he knows everything. Like, he has all the knowledge. It's all hey. about art, man. <laughs> Look, one family got killed. Like, whatever. Like, you get to find out all the knowledge. <laughs> you get the world of knowledge, mate. Exactly. King, King Payment's more useful than Google, dude. You do have to hand it to him. <laughs> That's how they get the next. That's how they get the the, the one search engine even better than fucking Google. <laughs> Kate, like, oh, you looked it. Look that up on King Payman. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like Ask Jeeves, but it's a yeah. demon prince. Ask Payman. They, they <laughs> him. Which, by the way, if anybody actually does do that startup, remember to uh, pay us. Yeah, give us some uh, stock uh, options as a. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They've, they've they've got him stuck in the computer like as a spirit. <laughs> You're like, ah, free at last. Put him in the computer, quick. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? No, no. They start, they, start hitting, they start hitting his head against the computer like he hit his head against the desk. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I feel like doing that every day. If anyone ever clicks their tongue around me again, I'm calling the police. <laughs> That's what would happen if you ask payment. You go, ask payment. Ask and payment. You and can, and and when you click it, it goes... <laughs> <laughs> we're throwing a million dollar ideas here this is amazing first time, the first time i watched this movie and apparently she she uh blocked this out of the, her mind because she was traumatized by it but my mom watched this movie with me two weeks after we had gone to the theater to see miss samar and i hid in the kitchen and i went yeah. in the middle of the night and then you're one, of, you're one of them you're like my dad my dad does that shit so whenever mad. you watch a movie it's like he would, you know, I kick both of y'all right out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest, your dad, all of them, get out. I'll, I'll be like, go join the double B org. Yeah, double B <laughs> or triple B. Or, like, or I, I'm just gonna take my blooming onion and go home. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 
That's some and little. the fucking horseradish dip. Who the fuck eats horseradish dip? Not us. I'm sorry. Those are the letterbox one-liners for no. You don't need to be sorry for that. That's okay. Those are letterbox one-liners for Hereditary. Please follow the show. Uh, Hail Payman over there uh, at Movie Night Extra for for a little or just if you're nasty. Uh, he left his sister's head on the road. And he's logging all the stuff for the show on Letterbox. We are going to convert to a show account maybe this weekend, I guess, if I get around to it. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow him on there for all this for weekend. The, Maybe. You've got you've got another. You're, I don't even. I, look, I, I, you got another protonic reversal. I wasn't too. thinking about this sentence when I started it, and I, I ended it, and it was like, oh, that's a thing I just put myself up for, I guess. So anyway, uh, I, re I, I released I released you like your like your king payment. I appreciate that. Yeah, very very bountiful. Uh, I of course am not king payment. I am Kona Neutron, Crafts by Neutron. Uh, I am on Letterbox as well, logging all the stuff. Um, you know, highbrow, midbrow, populist, fair. Uh, I have one more to go in the Criterion Challenge, so am I going to do that this weekend? Not at the rate I'm doing stuff, but, <laughs> but maybe I will. Who knows? You never know. Uh, <laughs> Mario Cesario down there. How long have you had that on there? Because that, that, that feels like hours ago that we did that bit. Yeah. Were you just waiting? Was that like, I put it on there at that point, and you never noticed. Comedic landmine for me. Oh, I the Sicario Brothers. <laughs> He hopes that an art gallery calls him like that. Uh, he also hopes that you'll look at all of his great reviews on Letterboxd, uh, watching all the weirdest stuff so you don't have to, or maybe so you can is not for me to judge, but he's doing it either way. Uh, Renee Ruin, that fucking face on your face <laughs> is uh, on Letterboxd as well. Uh, logging things somewhat infrequently, but you know, uh, definitely. Uh, keep I'm it, always keep logging. It. I've got to write reviews. Conan writes amazing reviews on Letterboxd. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. No, it's so I nice always read say. yours, but I'm I'm oh. lazy. I'm, I'm I like to put. I give everything stars, yeah. but I, I'm terrible at writing an actual review. Yeah, it's it's you have to kind of get into the habit of doing it and. Like, for what exactly? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, wait, wait, I mean, because it's a great idea and everybody should follow all of us on Letterboxd. Thank you very much. Uh, Mario Cesario, please take us away with the plugs, why don't you? All right, you're watching us on YouTube, so please do those YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell. And, of course, the big ask is uh, watch the video to the end. That lets other people in the, find us in the algorithm. Um, and uh, you get to hear that great Kona Neutron song. So it's, it's a fair trade. It's a fair trade. The count off is... <laughs> yeah, what is that is that your uh, metronome yeah yeah that, exactly what if you had a they'd probably make them look look if they have sweatpants for hereditary like a metronome that has like the the tongue well let's thing, create one yeah yes yeah i can <laughs> do it we have the know-how yeah co copyright uh 2023 movie night metronome. Well, uh, we'll have to give it like a different name like how like knife finger guy is uh like freddy krueger you know it'll be, <laughs> you have, have to have like, like a what is it called? Like when it's not the real brand, it's a ripoff brand. Yeah, it's an offer. Yeah, like the spirit Halloween version of like yeah. just close enough to avoid copyright litigation. <laughs> <laughs> Funny mouth noise metronome. Yes. There we go. Uh, but find us on social media if you enjoy all this bit. Um, because we're there. Uh, we're posting weird stuff. We're posting good stuff. We're posting uh, informational stuff, stuff about the show, stuff about what we're doing. So find them. Uh, follow us. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Blue Sky and Instagram. So so there you go. Pick your poison. There you go. Uh, but if you really do want to help out the show. Because <laughs> following us on social media is like picking a poison. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, social media is kind of a poison. But that we are the candy wrong. that you get to uh, hide the taste of the poison. 
<laughs> We're definitely thinking about it. There's a there's a question at the bottom there of our comments about a crossover with Night Shift and Movie Night. There we go. Let's let's change yeah. topics quickly. Uh, yeah, we are thinking. I am thinking. We have talked about it. Yes, I'm game. Sounds good to yeah. me. I mean, you and Bonnie are on all the time anyway. Jenna's the only one mm. that has not been on this show. So yeah, all of us together, I think, would be a hive. Hive mind. That'd be a lot. That'd yeah. be a lot of talking. Yeah. <laughs> Well, three women too. Da, la, 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 la. We've done that. We've done that before. Yeah, we have. But we've not. Uh, let's see. Well, no, three. Yeah, three. And, well, yeah, but depending on if Christina was on. I, yeah, I have a rule. Yeah. I have. A, there's a rule of six. Which yeah. is What's well, if it's more than six? I'm not on there anymore. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns into chaos. No, it's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it where it looks like. Uh, yeah. Hands across America or something. You know. No, I'm, not, I'm not looking for that. No. <laughs> But uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to help us out, go, go to uh, patreon.com uh, slash movie night extravaganza and you can after party forever. Uh, our, yeah. So you can catch up the last uh, couple, which I think were a lot of fun, e even though one was really short, but that's fine. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> that's a crazy <laughs> gift. <laughs> um, are we doing an after party tonight or do we already do our after party? I think we did it in the last half hour, frankly. But, uh, yeah, I'm a bit. I feel like I'm a little bit high or something. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a three B contact high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Conan, yes, you, you've been busy with Protonic Reversal. Now that you're back from tour, uh, in the fact that I've done exactly one episode. Yes, uh, which was, and you have which one was coming yesterday. up like tomorrow. Right, right. Uh, so I had, yeah, I had Todd Trainer from uh, the Incredible Van Shellac on last night that was a really great episode um so that's up for patrons now it'll be on the regular feed on uh monday and then uh tomorrow i'm brian cook from russian circles and sumac and these arms are snakes and botch which of course botch are back together again for uh, mm -hmm. people that are that are fans and i'm fitting in because otherwise there's no way it's happening until all this stuff is is until all those shows are over so i'm 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 sucking it up and doing a Saturday edition Protonic specifically with Brian. Cause that's gonna be I think that's gonna be a great one. And uh yeah, and if next week is a oh, sorry. Oh, I was say, next week is Gary Floyd of the Dicks too, and Sister Double Happiness, which uh, I'm also looking forward to. But that's next week. That's like a thousand I'm gonna do like seventy streams before then, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> and and if you want to get access to these early, uh like like you can, it's just a dollar a month on Patreon. Yes. And and I, I lost a few patrons because I basically didn't do the show for almost a month because I was on tour, uh, and it's it's you know it's no harm no foul people can dip out but it's you know dollar a month isn't that isn't that much and you know it helps it helps keep the lights on so you know if people want to like the show then uh, that's something that they should consider doing. Yeah, and of course of course there's always uh, getting adult prom which is available now. Yes, uh, it's available now, uh, shipping immediately in all formats, and there's a Bandcamp Friday next Friday, I think, if I remember correctly. I so, think it might be, yep. So people that are upset about Bandcamp, literally the only way the artists can get <laughs> get paid in any equitable manner, uh, and they're upset about like the new owners kind of running uh, riot all over the place, understandable, It that's a day where it goes all to the artists who need it. Uh, speaking as an artist myself, <laughs> uh, yeah, give me money. <laughs> it, it's Tour, like, tour was I... successful, not that successful. 
<laughs> but when I saw the Mighty Giants uh, many years ago, um, they said, you know, you know, please go to our merch store. You can buy this album in the stores, but why do that when you can buy it from us and we get all the money? Word. No, that's, that's very real. Um, and so... Yeah, it's a great LP. We just spent, um, you know, uh, we can have covering the West Coast with uh, the Mighty Lung, like playing those songs with them. And I you know, wish it was three times longer. But um, and if you're not on the West Coast, you might be wondering when it's coming to you. Spring is the answer. Not any, not any time uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, that's that's a that's a fact. But you can buy records, and I think we're gonna. I think we may have a new T-shirt design by then. We will see. I don't want to promise anything, but it's about time. So yes. Yes, and uh, yeah, I think that was everything there, right? We didn't leave anything out for you. I don't have any shows coming up. Uh, I got yeah. I got stuff to announce for the spring, but not, <laughs> not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was waiting till next year for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christina sadly couldn't join us, but please go to her Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash/CosmoPolitics. Uh, you know, su- support her. Uh, check out her Twitch channel whenever she gets on there, whenever that happens to be. Uh, and Renee, of course, is the host of. The oh. most? <laughs> really? Did you have a senior moment there? Like, what happened? I, I was just realizing that I didn't write anything down. I just have still Raygun Bush and KT. And um, I'm and like, those oh, people are not crap. in this episode. So no. And I, and I realized good. that I've been I've been drawing all day, and I forgot to write down uh, well, the night shift. So you got is, night shift. Renee Ruin is the host of the Night Shift Podcast, Night Shift. a horror yeah. podcast and that is excellent. Yes, and we have um, we have a new um, episode of Night Shift coming up, which is going to be on. Thank the you, movie. Abby. You're just saying that because you took the promo photos, but thank you. <laughs> um, on the movie, no one will save you, which is a really awesome um, invasion yes. sci-fi thriller, yes. um, and that's coming up on November November fourth, fifth. So fourth nice. um, LA time, eight PM, which is the fifth in Australia at two PM. Um, and then talking about cults, um, middle of the month, um, the episode I'll be doing with Murder Sex Alien podcast. Um, oh, yeah. I'll be talking about the family, which is an Australian cult. Um, and yeah, that one will be coming out mid. So that will be awesome. What, when's and- the episode on Triple B? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's our private. That's what we call it. Yeah, that's a yeah. Patreon episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And April first. Later in later in the month, um, we will be talking uh, with the Adams family. Zelda Adams and Toby Poser will be coming on to talk about their new film, which drops on Tubi. Um, I think the second week of November. So we'll be talking about that later in November. Very and cool. and. One more. Um, uh, Girls to the Front Zine is now out with my beautiful double page um, oh. spread, which is a nice piece that I wrote about music and mental health and then all my collage art. You can go to www.girlstothefrontzine.com and buy that. It's it absolutely beautiful. It looks great. I just got a, a bunch of copies in the mail. Ooh, nice. So, yeah, it looks fabulous. I think I saw the pictures from that. Hmm. Oh, well, actually, I got some more pictures, yeah, because they um, I just got a bunch sent in, dropped off at my house Oops. a couple of days ago. So, yeah, I got some nicer pictures. I will send you, Andrew, the Zoomy versions. I was, trying cool. to put, I was trying to put the URL in the, in the chat. Oh, all right. <laughs> and I, I, I accidentally highlighted uh, somebody talking about how great my record was. So, Which it is great. So. Well, it's girls <laughs> They're not number wrong. two, by the way. It's girls two, number two, to the front. 
Did I just put the wrong one in? Okay. <laughs> it's just porn. Because I think something. I don't know. Probably... Maybe maybe it, maybe it is. Hold on. Yeah. So it's. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's porn, but. No, it's not porn. <laughs> I mean, there's some pictures with limited clothes, I guess. Oh, okay. So the Instagram count is girls number two, the front zine, but and the, the website, the website is is just to to the front. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm I, just did, I did not, in fact, link to porn, which would be unfortunate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's that's me for now. And you can Excellent. follow me, Renee Ruin, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, threads everywhere, TikTok. This guy. Oh, I forget Blue about Sky. threads. Are we on threads? Probably not. I have no clue. No, you're individually on threads. Okay. Well, maybe I, yes. not. No, Moose Knight is on threads. I think I've reposted something. Can I tell you? You could tell which shows I was worried about people coming out to because I posted on threads. Yeah. <laughs> There's like two or three uh, I'm where terrible it's like... at Blue Sky and threads, I've got to say. I'm shocking. Yeah, I've, I've been good at Blue Sky since. Uh... I haven't even. You you reminded me today that I need to actually log into my Blue Sky and see. I've been good at since I got since I got both my Twitter accounts banned. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Just now now just on Blue Sky. Yeah, because you're you're in Twitter prison, so I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've only I've only used threads. I just posted on threads last night because it wouldn't let me retweet your thing on threads because it said you're private or something. I don't know. What oh, my Indo yeah, my Renee Real one is private because people people I'm like, you know, go to Twitter if you want to see the uncut verge peeps. That's where my uncut uh, whatever's go and threads, you know, anyone can see them. They're public. So that's why I zoomed them. Just keeping it real, you know. Keep it at one hundo. Absolutely. Is that it, Andy? I think so. Do you have anything? What about uh, you? What about me? Not. No, I mean, outside of uh, you know, checking me out on uh, "Give Them an Argument" um, and uh, the cover of um, what's that book I did? Um, I regret the asking already. By the way, Rudy, <laughs> Shadow of the People. There you go. So, so go look that up and. And Andrew does all of our amazing art for all these yes. movie night um, podcasts, which I always. Sometimes he does it twice. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> but I always, I always try to credit Andy at the bottom of our posts. That I always he does appreciate that because he does the art for free and. <coughs> so, you should actually make a a gallery or something, Andy, of every single one you've done. I've been working on that on stuff, but it, like it's just it's so much work because I'm always busy drawing and doing other stuff. Mm. Yeah, you, you need know, the, you need some downtime to do that. I think. Yeah, you need to sit and troll. There you it's go. Me there's, trying to do all the IMDb's. There's the too hot for YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Although YouTube now I guess we're putting it on YouTube, aren't we? So. Well, just for a second, I, they wouldn't let me do it as a thumbnail, but I'm sure for like one second putting it on screen, we had yeah. Andy do this as the original. It's well, the just the tip theory. Thank you. <laughs> this is this is this is. I get to find out what my head. It is just the, just the just the tip of the head. I, <laughs> I mean, you are bald, so yeah, you know. <laughs> oh God. Um. No. Waka like, waka waka. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the head of the. Never mind. Oh um, God. Mm, roll on roll on <laughs> next oh yeah. next? no but th this was andy's original conceptual piece and it's fucking my head and i get to find out what my head looks like covered in ants and you know the bug kind not like covered in uh, crying like ants that are crying and, and uncles because i'm dead um 
but like uh you know so i i appreciated this art but then i felt like youtube was gonna fucking instantly strike that down yeah they're getting real puritanical for whatever reason unless you're spouting conspiracy theories in which case it's fine they sound they sound they're new they're new code or like whatever uh sounds like it sounds like the Hayes code they're like oh you you can't encourage bad decisions what is that even like but they don't tell you what bad <laughs> have you have are. you seen your site sir <laughs> that's all you're doing do you even know decisions. what you are yeah <laughs> moving extravaganza soundtrack on vinyl with andy's art in the sleeve that sounds great who's paying for that <laughs> i think stevie is yeah stevie yeah great daddy warbucks over here why don't you want to get that project started <laughs> i mean i'm in uh, it sounds great i think we could have a fun time Again, to the point, there's, I mean, there's enough of both of them. I mean, I think we could book in a, in a CD we could probably pull off. Oh, whatever. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. Anyway, what are we doing? Final thoughts? What's happening? Final thoughts. Renee, yeah, uh, final yeah. thoughts. Final thoughts, yeah. So, yeah, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is my favorite RE film. It's just, yeah, it's got every, you know, I just love the semantics. I love the aesthetics. I love the language. I love the symbolism. There's just so much going on in this film, so many layers. Um, it's just, it's not a simple horror film. And, it, you know, it actually, you know, it's it's almost about the horror of real life and grief and death and, you know, how dealing with all this stuff and family. And, yeah, I love, you know, I love all the connections with, you know, the occult um you know with psychiatry with you know just everything in it I, I just love this film and i thought all the performances were incredible um yeah i i absolutely yeah my final thought is this it's a fucking great film go watch it if you haven't seen it already if you have seen it already go watch it again and see if you can pick all these amazing nuggets that are out throughout the whole film watch the corners watch the corners watch watch the darkness um take note there's lots going on and if you want to look at get on your Google, you can spend hours going through hereditary minefield rabbit hole forever. Just fire up Ask Payman, and uh... <laughs> I'm making everybody watch the corners right now to get them <laughs> get them trained for that. Yeah, watch the corners, watch the corners, <laughs> and please don't use lighter fluid on your children or husband anytime soon. Good advice. <laughs> Especially not if uh, you're going to throw your book in the in the fire. In the fire. <laughs> um, yeah. Watch it's, out for nuts. It's pretty funny that his name is Gabriel Burns. Like, oh, yeah. he, definitely, yeah. he definitely does in this one. <laughs> Bad jokes again. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you got some final thoughts? Yeah, this was this was fun to actually finally sit down and watch because, like I said, I had it ruined whenever it came out, yeah, and I'm just like. Like, like not just ruin like like oh the head comes off no no the whole ending the 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 demon possession like who was possessed the entire like like who who did you sit there and get it ruined? like you, I you don't remember ex- honest conversation like so then the uh, cult that <laughs> I get to imagine like a little like demon an actual demon sitting on Andy's chest <laughs> maybe it was one of my children but instead of actual sleep paralysis demon it's just spoiling the plots of the movies he wants to see it, yeah. <laughs> This movie gets everything wrong about being a demon. Let me I, I think I think what it was is was trying to figure out if it was good or not, and that's what I found out was uh, uh, the <laughs> entire plot of the film. Oh God, yes, I forgot about that scene, Golden. The thing about this pitch is it's a horror movie, but you don't understand what kind of horror it is until after the pitch is over. <laughs> I I like um, but I like Receptive. the idea of 
I like the idea of like because we've talked about like oh musicians watch movies about musicians and they're like this movie is nothing like what it's like. But I like the idea that the demons watching all the, like all the possession movies like. And he's just like, this is not this is not what it's like to be a demon at all. He says it's not true to life. I said, have you ever seen a motion picture before, kid? <laughs> Come on. He's like, he's like this seance. It's just, you know, oh, the, the thing talks out of your voice. You know, that's not how this stuff goes at all. We're, we're in the business of entertainment. It's the business of show. <laughs> it's not the business of documentaries. <laughs> that's a different <laughs> <Yeah>. alligator. <laughs> Documentary gator. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. Documentiger, gator, gator, or he could be a crocodile. We could we could have a different. Mm. He's yeah. he's the crocodile tears. Uh, documentary crocodile. Crocodile doc D. <laughs> the doc documentary Rock. crocodile Dundee. There you go. There it's you go. loud a croc. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. were you done with your final thoughts? No, I yeah. wasn't. I, okay, go ahead. I, I had one more thing that I, that I just uh, wanted to add. My my favorite thing in doing research for this is finding out that uh, Millie Shapiro, after every scene, when when uh, Ari Aster called cut, she would just go like this at the end of it, <laughs> which makes me want to see all of those like moments in a supercut. All the behind the scenes. Oh yeah, yeah, the prestige. Uh, yeah, like, like Broadway dies whole... hard. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conan, final go. thoughts. Yeah, I'm with Renee. This is my favorite Ari Aster so far. It's a stunning example of creeping dread. I think it was. this is one of the only horror movies I can think of in many years that's actually moved the genre forward a bit. Mm. Uh, I was so affected by this the first time I saw it, I actually didn't log it. So um, so the second time, as I mentioned, I checked the whole frame and it's just uh, informed by it. It was a way different experience. So many hidden, subtle things that were just really added to the experience. Um, and also it's a great movie to show to people that not, have not seen it before and don't know anything about it as well. Uh, I think the cinematography and shot compositions kind of off the scale. Awesome. We didn't really talk about that yes, th it is. Yeah. this much, but it's, it definitely deserves a shout out. This is absolutely best watch knowing as little as possible and let it all unfold. Basically the opposite of Andy's experience. Originally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, This is a slow burn of emotional torment and it's undeniably creepy. And the the event that happens in the first third is so shocking and disturbing it uh, sticks with you long after. Uh, however, it's all about those last those, those last thirty minutes though. Whew. This mm. this is my this is this is it moving the genre forward. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, the, the, the actual scene though where Peter is saying this like the dialogue is yeah. brilliant that goes with that gif that we keep playing. Uh Tony Collette getting uh, Tony Collette getting Oscar snub on this is a damn crime, in my opinion. Yeah. too. She was amazing in this, uh, and she's she's generally very very good. But this is this was like, it, oh it's a, it's what do you call it? It's it's horror. What do you call it? Like elevated horror? No, it's like baby discrimination. Like it's like horror discrimination. It's like oh, it's a right. horror film, so we're not taking it seriously. Yeah, go get your Fangoy Award, kid. Fangoria Awards, is it? Whatever that is. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back on Halloween on All Hallows Eve for uh, The Exorcist. So, Ooh, are you up. doing The Exorcist? I didn't yeah. know. Yep. Seance. 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 
the definitive new version just came out. Just kidding. I just so watched the new. I, I I just watched that new one. I'm not gonna watch it's it. Got, it. Reagan has a tiny little thing at the end, and the mum's in it. So you know. I saw the I saw that one line with Ellen Burstyn where she's like, um, <laughs> she was like, the reason I couldn't be involved in the exorcism was the patriarchy this whole time. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the patriarchy. <laughs> And this show is also the patriarchy. So <laughs> just like in. just like the eight demon men kings of hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they they say like you know women wouldn't start wars or whatever. Women, I don't. There's no women demons. More I mean? female demon kings. <laughs> <laughs> Go off, queen. I want equality. That's uh, that's Hillary Clinton's yeah. final form. Yeah. <laughs> wow.